Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. And now a word from our sponsors. Yes, we got sponsors. First up, Foo Wax. The best wax in the game. This stuff is so sticky and grippy, you'll never slip off your stick again. Ever. Ever. Again. So go to your local surf shop. And, and make sure they carry it. And if they don't, demand it. Demand it. You'll be stoked. Try it out. Our next sponsor, Bonsai Bowls. Oh. I know a lot of our listeners have, have had one of these. And if they haven't, they're going to now. They're missing out. They're missing out. It's a healthy, delicious, amazing, fresh acai bowl with tons of fruit and organic like ingredients. They've got five locations in Southern California. From Huntington to San Clemente and all in between. Two in Hawaii. Two in Hawaii for that, those on the North Shore. And, um, you know, come support these guys. They have amazing Asahi bowls, and they support the West Coast Board Riders and a lot of the surf events up and down the coast. And they've made it a lot easier With, to get them. They've got their own app now. That's right. Go to your app store and download Bonsai Bowl app, and you can pre-order, pre-pay, and just go pick up. Cut cut through the line. And for our listeners of the Late Night with Chalky podcast, you're going to get 15 off your next bowl. A 15% discount off yes. Bonsai Bowls. That's insane. Um, so make sure to mention the Late Night with Chalky podcast and you get 15% off That's at right. Bonsai Bowls. And one of our other favorite restaurants. Oh, Caliente, Caliente OC. Caliente Southwest.com. They offer healthy Mexican style food with local uh, organic ingredients. Family owned. Family owned. Their phone number is 949-515-0909. And our listeners get 15% off there as well. Yeah. So mention Late Night with Chalky Podcast and get 15% off at Caliente OC. And both these guys are great at catering events. So you could use them for a shop event, corporate event, birthday event, wedding, all of the above. They love to party. And last but not least, we are super stoked to welcome Olo Clip as a new sponsor of the Late Night with Chalky podcast. What is Oloclip? Uh, they make the original mobile lens system for your phone. So these can make clips that hold the lenses, the cases that are designed to make it really easy to get the clip on the phone. So check them out at oloclip.com. And for all the Late Night with Chalky podcast listeners, they get 10% off. That's, that's huge. Huge. So at checkout, the code is SURF10, that's S-U-R-F, the ten. number 10, and you get 10% off Oloclip. And you guys got to check check out our Instagram. We're going to be posting pictures with these wide, in, wide lens uh, angles, uh, fish eye, all kinds of cool like photo options with your phone. And for you uh, rich dudes out there, like late night, they do make cl- uh, <laughs> lenses for iPhone 11s. What? What? Epic. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Welcome. This episode's <laughs> guest is 
an iconic big wave surfer. Southern California. Southern, yeah, he's a Southern Santa California. Santa Monica, yeah. Dogtown. What? Keep going, guys. Beautiful, he's on, handsome. He's, he's on, beautiful, handsome, handsome successful. Male model. Male model. Huge. He's got uh, father. He's, he's got the he's, biggest balls in Santa Monica. Well, maybe in no keep Southern it California. Not not in, you know uh, actually physically, but um, mentally. mentally. He's a he's a com- <laughs> yeah. commentator on WSL. You might know him as the Raz. Raspberry, the Waz, the Waz. I got a lot of different names. Name. All weather Waz, Waz on the water. Yeah. Wow. Welcome, I, Strider Wazaluski. Thank dude, you. Yeah. Thank you. Strider Raspberry Waz. Raspberry. Yeah. 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 I said raspberry in there. Yeah. 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 I, I can't yeah. believe that we finally wrangled you, and you came to us. That's, That's right. right. I came down. We were willing to come I up made, and I, to the boo. When you make uh, commitments, you have to follow through. Yeah, dude. Well, we're we're super we're thankful to yeah. have you finally sit down with us and and uh, tell our audience because the fact that it's not in a, story. in a surf spot parking lot though is kind of bumming me. <laughs> yeah, we should be talking shit in a parking lot somewhere. But yeah, we can do that next time. Right? <laughs> the second episode, peanut gallery on the wall, just calling out kooks in the water. Just kidding. That's what I talk about my job. You guys know, as uh, <laughs> as Larson said, you know, Strider is one of the. How long have you been doing WSL now? Uh, actually, like I think six years now. Cool. Yeah. I think uh, it was uh, I was the last man in. Color commentary is what they yeah, call yeah. your position. I'd call it. Yeah, you know what? It's an interesting thing, but yeah, color commentary. Well, I kind of don't really see myself as a journalist. Though. I'm kind of more of an entertainer. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely an entertainer. Yeah, because I'm not that good at the journalist stuff. Like I know that. I know my place. Yeah. yeah. I know that like Joe Chappelle and Ronnie Blakey are kind of the students of it all and yeah. they have all the knowledge and you know they, they they go really deep on stats um and they do a lot of homework and they get a lot but of that's the perfect balance of why your guys's deals but we all have so good. Yeah. the perfect like position yeah in the broadcast and honestly sure. over the past three or four years you've gotten really fucking good at commentating. Oh, geez, thanks, buddy. No, hey, a little bit sh- of butter on the toast. <laughs> Bro, come on, man. I can't fucking pay a compliment to these. No, I love it. I mean, honestly, Primity. dude, I, I've, I've, with that, I, I've had to learn how to do it because I was the last guy in, meaning yeah. I didn't do yeah. it before. Like Pete Potts, all of them. Yeah, even Kaipo. They mean he's been doing. They've all been doing, doing commentating. For you know, fifteen years. Yeah, and I was the last guy in. I literally was just like um, heard about it. Basically, was told that they were done hiring, and no was what I. Yeah, wow. but I've been told no, like when I went to Quicksilver in '93 and Dan right. Before we we get into that, <laughs> let's, let's go back at the beginning because uh, yeah. this is an illustrious, amazing Journey. career. Yeah, I mean your story is fucking insane, and we want to hear from start to finish. Okay. Obviously, where'd you grow up? Dogtown, yeah. Santa Monica. Yep. How old were you? Well, let's just—I'll I'll just get to it real quick. I was born in California when I was one years old. We moved to England. England. Because my mom ran away from home a long time ago. My mom was part of the Irvine family. Colonel Irvine was my grandfather. You're kidding me. And he was like a full, Irvine, Irvine? Yeah, he was a the full. The richest? Yes. Okay. He was a, but in Palm Springs. Okay, they pulled up in Palm Springs. The rest of the family pulled up in Irvine. But they. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. 
Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. He was part of the family, and so, but he wasn't a good man. And wow. my boss so and my mom ran away to England, ended up in a room with Mick Jagger and my dad. My dad was <laughs> the man in London. He was the biggest drug dealer there. What? Yeah, so wow. my mom looks over, gets a pass the joint from Mick, and my dad was there, and they met, and then we ended up back in California. Wait, so you were already born? And she no ran no no away. this was this was before I was born. Okay, she ran away. I met my dad in England. Okay, they moved back to California, to Sonoma County, Monterey, a little town up above San Francisco. Yeah, Wine over, the, over the Russian River. Okay, yeah. Then um, I was born there. Okay, my dad delivered me in a house. I wasn't wow. waiting. Full hippies. Yeah, second baby, not waiting, coming out. Dad delivered me. Doctor showed up to do the the business and um, Wait, clean so me you're... up. Your dad's an Englishman. My dad's an Englishman. They moved, they met in England. Yeah. Moved here. Yeah. Had your brother first? My brother was born first. Okay. Before. In England or Different here? dad. Oh, different dad. Okay. Then, yeah, he was, he was born over there. Okay. Then. Met your dad. Met my dad. My dad and my mom moved to Northern California. I was born and my... <laughs> Dad actually almost died, almost fell out the window when he delivered me. Hold on one second, guys. So, Sonoma County. Sonoma County, dad delivers me. I'm born. I got rad photos of me just being born, actually. Act of. Um, <clears throat> but then a lot happened. Okay. Uh, back to England, dad got busted. Went out to get food. They made me stand in the doorway so he would come back in the house, busted him. They found all the gear. But so that night we left. How, how old were you then? I was six. Wow. Moved back to California, ended up in Santa Monica. So That's your dad was up. always a drug dealer. Yeah. Okay. Ended what kind of drugs? Everything. Hustle. Snack. Yeah. Cocaine. Crazy. That, that must have like been. Like my mom and him, you know, got thrown in jail down in Morocco. Like, Fucking with all the hash. The hashish. Yeah. Wow. My mom told me a story about crawl. They let her out and she had to crawl on her hands and knees on this asphalt road for miles because it was so dark. Crazy. Like hitchhike and get picked up and get on a fucking boat to get back. It was like crazy stories. Anyway, so then those stories are those out are, of control. Those will, those will be unraveled soon. But the for me, I ended up in Santa Monica. So, wait, did your dad go to jail? My dad went to jail for seven years. 
And then you and your mom and brother moved to California? Yeah, we left. Okay. At six years old, seven years old? Yeah, six. Okay. And I ended up on the beach in Santa Monica at uh, a place called the Sea Castle, which was a rent control building that didn't allow kids. And my mom was like, oh, yeah? Why not? Because <laughs> this was the best place to live. It was on yeah. the beach. Yeah. And she knew from her youth that the beach was a great place for kids, and especially without yeah. money. Because yeah. we were basically on government cheese at that point. You know, welfare, food stamps. And, yeah. You know, the beach is your playground. But so the beach was free. And so my brother, that's how I started surfing. Me and my brother would. What's your brother's name? Mescal. Mescal. Mescalito Wasilewski, the Mexican peyote god. <laughs> the story just keeps anyway so we ended up on the beach waiting for people to lose their boards like uh, this is late 70s leashes weren't really the yeah. thing yeah thing and people would lose their boards or their boogie boards and we'd grab them and usually we'd take turns on who lost them and we'd grab them and sometimes we'd fight over it and by the time the guy got into the beach he'd just grab his board but 90% of the time, get, get the waves. board, get out there, catch a couple waves into the shore break, and that's how we started surfing, is by waiting for people to lose their boards. So awesome. And then they'd be like wandering around on the beach, and me and my brother would just laugh, and we'd be laughing to ourselves and looking at each other, because we'd be on their boards in the shore break, and they're surfing, and they'd be like it. looking for their board on the beach. <laughs> and then finally, like, get the fuck off, what's my fucking board? And they're like, of course, late 70s, Santa Monica, the yeah. locals were pretty gnarly on the south side of town where we lived. Oh, we were just south man. of the Santa Monica Pier. But that's how I started surfing. Wow. That's epic. So when you first moved back, you like got to the beach, you're like, what are these dudes, dudes doing? You knew like, surfing? Like just, I didn't know surfing. This? I just saw surfing. Yeah. 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 I just saw the beach and body surfing, got barreled at Toes Beach down Playa Del Rey for the first time where um, my uncle was living. and like, Skateboarding pretty big too. Like, skateboarding was a huge part. That was, my, that was my transportation. Yeah. Was skateboarding. And my mom... Quickly, you know, she used to, when she was a real, in her youth, was in Venice and hanging out down there and was friends with Jay Adams' mom and they partied together. And so Jay, <laughs> Jay Adams and Tony Alva and the whole Dogtown crew, you know. You grew up to Jimmy, that. All these, those were like my surrogate fathers. Yeah. If you can so, imagine having a... That's pretty fucking amazing. But there yeah. was... A, when, like, growing up, there was a place called Fraser Camp where Nottis lived on the st that street, Nottis Coppice. And then at Fraser Camp was, like, this crazy just house at the end of the street where you could go hang out kind of in the daytime, but not really. Yeah. Because it was, like, where everything was going down. Yeah. Oh, you know? For sure. <laughs> and at night... The deals mm -hmm. were, were done. There. And I would just get kicked out of the house by... Yeah. You know, yeah. Don't tell me. It was pretty cool because all of the people I grew up with and my friends' parents, you know, were kind of my parents. So my friends and my friends' parents and then the whole Dogtown crew. Yeah, a lot of people. You remember the McClure brothers, yeah. Solo Scott, Mike Packham, Craig Cottle, like this whole, um, you know, Jay Adams. They were all the badass surfers and skaters for you know, sure. from our neighborhood. And those guys were like, all, they looked they all, everybody looked out, you know, for me. Yeah. I, had, I had more attention probably than... Than, than a regular kid at home with their parents. That's so amazing. And they, is, and they would hook you up with like boards and, and gear and like look well, at yeah, you. Yeah, because when I started surfing, I started boogie boarding. I'm doing the Kisazaki saw me and he's all, dude, you got to do the boogie board contest. Kisazaki? Yeah, remember him? <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was the, boogie, the boogie board contest because I used to stand up. And he's like, you're one step ahead of me. 
And I'd go down and do the, the boogie board contest and I'd win the Sunkiss boogie boards. Yeah. Those orange ones back yeah. in the day. And then I'd run down the beach to the uh, PacWest surf contest. Yeah. And I had this old single fin I used to ride that I had my first surfboard, which I got at a garage sale across the street from my elementary school. And the guy's all, 20 bucks. I'm all, I get five bucks a week. He's all, come back in a month. I'll save it for you. That's wow. cool. And I came back in a month and I got my first board. Sick. But then I had to surf basically in my fucking trunks through the winter because we, we didn't have any money. Yeah. yeah. So my mom's What would your mom do for a living? She, Waitress? Well, basically or... my, my dad was supposed to be sending money, but he was in jail. But he still was sending money. the money that was there from before. Yeah. And that kind of started not coming in. So mm. they ended up having a bad relationship. But my mom would get... Uh, welfare and because <clears throat> her dad was Irvine. so gnarly he was a colonel he put her because she ran away from home so he instantly said you're crazy put her in the Betty Ford clinic she broke out of there and went to England that's how she met my dad okay but because of that then he had the CIA go get her bring her back and fucking put on a state SSI check which is a a disability check for being crazy. Yeah. Which, in the long form, she was went back to school, got her degree and her doctorate in psychology. And ended me. up working for the state of California as a psychologist for the troubled youth and getting paid by the state to be crazy. <laughs> so incredible. Full circle right there. And so then she's like, oh, I don't want the check anymore. They're like, oh, why? And they're like, I, I, I work for the state as a psychologist. <laughs> and I'm not and, crazy. And you guys, well, everybody's a little crazy. Yeah. She was definitely nuts. But then they're like, well, then you owe us back taxes. What? Yeah. You're like, never mind. <laughs> and she's like, the what? Check. She was so gnarly. She, I'll fucking sue you. And she did. She went to court. They threw it out. Yeah. She, you know, that's how she got into the, uh, the building where I started surfing. Yeah. Where we were living. Because she's like, your mom's can't, a I can't scrappy, kids. tough lady. My mom was a badass. Yeah. She became a... The, Deputy probation officer at Venice High had a badge and a gun. 357. Wow. She rolled a big red Chevy old school truck what? and freaking, you know. Are you close with your brother or? Yeah. Well, my brother, he surfed and skated too. He right? was not. He was. He was better than I was. Wow. Okay. But then he went down the um, late 80s, 90s gangster rap fucking era. Yeah. 40 ounces and beanies and and crack basically yeah so he became a, a drug addict and by the time i was 13 14 i already had seen people smoking crack and you know my brother and you're so he's getting you're shot at right was, there in front you're like you knew the do's and don'ts yeah my whole world i saw somebody get killed when i was 12 right in front of my building basically like wow two buildings over my hot dog on a stick like i saw a bunch of shit really young just yeah. because of my environment it's crazy how gentrified that area yeah. is it is but now it's coming back full circle because is we're getting gnarly again? we're an open state yeah and people are busing their homeless in yeah. and dropping them off yeah. yeah and they're dropping them off in venice yeah with, with everywhere. cash everywhere with cash everywhere and it's fucked it's bad here it's horrible yeah so how i know that the uh, dogtown like community kind of took care of you right i mean well horizons west surfboards if you remember yeah randy was, right right yeah randy. was well, it was actually nathan pratt oh nathan. and it was on main street yeah. where pack west used to be which was the original like surf shop down there and it was the original like dog town shop yeah so skip emblem 
and then Nathan Pratt took over, like started doing all this stuff down there with Horizons West. <clears throat> and he had all the new Japanese rubber at the wetsuits. And he knew the deal about, you know, going down to the magazines and dropping off gifts to get cover shots. And, yeah. You know, I mean, all the way the surf industry used to be. Used to be. Yeah. And so basically when I was 12, I got shot in the mag, backside barrel, Steve Sakamoto photo. I'll never forget that. It was my first shot in Surfer foils? Magazine. What's that? He didn't shape, did he? Steve no, Sakamoto? No, no he was a photographer. Okay. Did uh, But I was riding for Horizons West. That was your first sponsor? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. They started at, when surfboards did you, and wetsuits and clothes. When did you first get sponsored? At 12? Um, it was probably 11. Yeah. Right you, were, you were boogie boarding, winning contests, yeah. and then started surfing. Yeah. Started surfing contests too. Yeah, what time. about in, yeah, in like, WSAs? And what was WSA, and SSA. Yeah. You know, then there was the local contest. And uh, yeah, one, Huntington Pier Nationals Sick. took down Shane Bashan in the boys' division. <laughs> won the Nationals at 12. And I had that. I'm, if you go down there at the Nationals, I'm the last name on the list in the boys' division. <laughs> awesome. It's 84. Strider Wazalewski. That's freaking epic. National champ. Hear that, Beshin? He's <laughs> <laughs> coming after you. Just kidding. That's epic. Yeah, those are, I mean, the good old days of, like, I mean, we always talk about, like, the, you grew up in a little town when you're Grom, but then when you start doing those those contests and you start meeting other surfers, because the world was not a social back then, it was a little clicks, and, but yeah, you, was, yeah, much different, much different. But when you're able to like compete and see guys from other parts you of the coast, the gaps, yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, they're not that far away. And well, you, know, you remember the, David Lansdowne? Do you remember David Lansdowne? He was our WSA District Four director, okay, and he was a black dude from Watts, Sick. and he took us everywhere, yeah, on the coast. That's I mean, amazing. We went down to freaking surf new break, yeah. Take the racks off. You know how localized that place was. For sure. And he kicked everybody's ass and let us surf. Yeah. He was like this gnarly guy. And somebody came in and called him the N-word. What? Yeah, and that was it. Oh, but, oh yeah? Pow, pow, pow! Go surfing, kids! That's amazing. And he waited on the beach for us to surf, and then he was with the kid, the guys that he was smacking around, and then we all bailed. It was crazy back in the day, though. Like like you said, clicks. Yeah. Localism. Yeah. The whole thing. But because of... Uh, competitive surfing as a youth I saw the whole coast all the way down into Baja Mexico with David Lansdowne this black dude from but it, Watts but it also <laughs> kept you out of so trouble because you're fired up on being up at 6am on yeah. a Saturday morning yeah. and for me I saw so much bad shit that surfing was my like savior for yeah. sure 100% yeah sanctitude I mean, or whatever you call it I mean honey I'm, I, I say the same thing like you had good kids and you had yeah. kids around the bat yeah. and then you had really bad you know, influencers. Huntington was pretty rough around and the edges back You knew the, the do's too. and don'ts, yeah. you know, and, you know, luckily, yeah, you, you, you mix with the right crew and stay away. So what what was your first board you said? You got it from a, a garage sale. Garage sale. Garage sale. It was a Jeff Ho, Zephyr. Nice. Single fin, dome deck, 5'2". Five 5'2". Two. Five two. Fucking thing was sick. I wish I had it. Yeah. I wish we all kept our boards. I know, huh? I got my first fin. <clears throat> it was a single fin. I went to Jay's house and got a Z-Flex foam fin. It was like foam and fiberglass. This Z-Flex fin that I'll never forget. It was yellow with like the white foam in it, like shaped into it. It was all laminated together. Yeah, yeah it wasn't just a straight fiberglass resin. Yeah. It had a little... It had this style and like... And all those dudes surf too, right? Like Tony Well, surfing Alma was... And... was Skateboarding was a byproduct of surfing. Yeah. yeah. So 
they were all from that era where there yeah. was people. How do I were, how do I surf the concrete? They like, started. You know, like, they actually took the style of surfing to skateboards. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Before it was like this weird step around thing. Right. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. And then they were like carving. Carving layback snaps. Yeah. Like they were so rad. Like you know, like. So you got a chance to the watch. McClure brothers and those guys were beating like Tom Kerr in a contest, surf contest. Yeah. They were that that badass. Like back in the, in the eighties, you know. surfing in L.A. It wasn't anything better. Like it was so hot, it was on fire. Yeah. And it was because Nathan Pratt was paying so much attention to what was to happening it all and pushing it and creating it. It was. You know, two way street. He wanted to grow his business. Yeah. He went and he got these all all these guys out there. He, but got, he wanted to mirror what other towns and other people were doing. Yeah. Other, he, like Santa Cruz, Huntington, he saw the San potential Clemente. of. But yeah. he had he saw the other side of it too, is skateboarding and the influx, uh, the the meeting of the two. And so like he had me in Thrasher magazine. I got a two page spread in Thrasher mag. What? Doing a big Larry on the bank right next to it's Santa Monica Farms where. Um, Right next door to where uh, Horizons West was, which is pretty Did you much get your shot in a surf mag first or skateboard it was, mag? It was first. a surf mag then skate mag. Nice. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Fucking. I think I remember like <clears throat> not too many people even to this day get yeah. coverage in skate and surf. I think yeah. I remember seeing you at the at the end of the magazine. They have the contest results page, <laughs> and then they'd have yeah. like little like. Remember how cool those were? Little oh, like yeah. pop, you know, a little. They you know, little pictures, photos little and, photos and stuff. And I, yeah. I think I remember, like, seeing your, your your photo, like, on one of the, the contest page on the back. Yeah. So, so sick. Horizons West was your first shop sponsor. Yeah. Who was your first uh, board and clothing? Well, they made everything. So okay. I was running all that stuff. And then my mom was psyched because she didn't have to buy me anything. Right. And they would outfit me and my brother. So then it was like... And then, you know, my mom was basically knew everybody there and would party with everybody too. So it was just kind of a family ordeal, really. Sick. And then from there, I was, I used to hang out at the shop every day. It was my first job. I'd clean the toilet and the shaping room in the back. And I'd go across the street, was the Boulangerie Bakery. I'd get bread rolls and butter pats from the cute girls in the back and they'd be like, oh, again, I get go just run, you know? And I'd just sit across the street and eat my fucking bread and get fatter and like, just whatever. I was just getting some sustenance, you know? I didn't, you know, have anything, but I also didn't want to, that was where I hung out, was that, remember when the days we just hung out at the surf shop? Was, yeah, yeah. Okay. So there was a stoop out the front, yeah. cruise, we'd skate the little bank and we, I'd clean the shaping room and the shitter and that was my deal. And uh, one day this girl comes up named Michi and she goes, I want to take pictures of you. I mean, I don't, but I know this sounds weird. Give this number to your mom or your dad. So she gives me the phone number. I give the number to my mom. The Japanese mom, girl? Yeah. I, okay. I call my, my mom calls Michi. Michi explains to my mom the photo shoot. And she's like, oh, you're going to pay him what? 500 bucks? You know, I'm 12, right? And good looking kid. I was just a little kid, but I was a surf rat. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and she's like, yeah. And so we go to Malibu to, to third point, basically back in the bushes. And there's these fucking Jamie Brissick, this guy, Glenn, all these guys that were like basically surf know, good looking surf guys. And, um, Herb Ritz, 
Herb Ritz, who is at this time photographer, the most famous yeah. fashion photographer in the world. Yes. And who's I have, taking pictures of? Uh, I have no idea. Right. Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. Olivia Newton. John, All the campaigns back then were done. Daryl Hannah. Like yeah. you name it. Like and all of a sudden I'm like, what? Okay, yeah, do this, that. So next thing you know, I'm getting paid. With Which is a shitload of money. As a wow. Your mom's probably tripping. My mom's going, yeah. <laughs> you know, like we're going away. Yeah. Anyway, so we end up doing like a. He just would call, and I'd be like, I have a cover of me standing there with Daryl Hannah. Remember when she did that movie Splash? Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. And she had the boobs out, like yeah. the perfect boobs. Well, there's a photo of me on the cover of Tatler, which is an English magazine, and my face are just in her boobs. What? <laughs> Booyah. Anyway, like I did all these crazy, did uh, Olivia Newton-John, like this photo shoots with her with Cindy Crawford. I did a wow. photo shoot, a Reebok one, and Buzzy Kerbox. Like, so I did this whole run of foot. Of, from the surf shop, from fucking hanging out at Horizons West. So epic. So it wasn't just one time. It, it just kept turned going. into a, a, a part-time gig. Until I cut my nose in half. <laughs> How'd you cut your nose in half? I was surfing Caligas. Do you know that right-hand river map yeah. at Point Magoo? Yeah. You run across the freaking marsh, and the wave was like Akira. It was the sickest wave. People didn't really know about it, but it was the fucking... It's How old were you? I was 14. Okay. Maybe late... 13 or so for two years you were taking I was taking photos. on getting all those killer jobs and then I was in and a you're barrel. making bake I was in the barrel backside and I freaking face planted on the sand and I just blew my nose in half you can see it see how this nostril is bigger and this yeah. one's small I cut bit. over the top all the way across this whole piece of my nose was on my lip wow. and I could put my finger in my nostril and come out the top oh my god and it was so nasty that i came in like it was bleeding and i couldn't stop it from bleeding and my friend came in and he's like and he threw up when he saw it because it was so you could see, my see the bone the nose, you know, it right. was nasty. and you're far from the hospital i'm really far from the hospital and i had to run back across the marsh you're 14 i'm probably late 13 yeah not even 14 yet i get fucking they sew me up but you know doesn't do a great job just i don't i didn't it. have the greatest job done because Plastic surgery was out of the question. Didn't yeah. have the money for that. Yeah. And the you know the emergency room just kind of sewed across the top. They didn't sew the inside really. And I have so I have these ledges in here from like uh, scar tissue, scar ledges, tissue, yeah. and just nasty shit. And I never got it fixed. I've always had a little bit of a problem breathing through my nose because of that. Yeah. But when you don't have any money and you're in an emergency room and they're just putting you back together. Yeah. You know. Well, so. That stopped my modeling career. <laughs> Did it really? Well, I had all my fucking. It was probably blew yeah, my for, nose up, and then the basically scar takes the forever scar to takes heal. forever, and then I couldn't go to a couple photo shoots, and then after that, it was just kind of like Got another surfer blonde hair kid. Yeah, you know? yeah. What a bummer. So, but great story. But then that's insane. I ended up at Quicksilver. So tell us about that. Yeah, when did you get sponsored by Quicksilver? That was uh, not till so that I mean fourteen to twenty one. The years in between there were fucking <laughs> crazy. <laughs> 14 to 21 was fucking nuts because I was still surfing a lot. I was still sponsored by Horizons West and then Town and & Country and uh, in Bear. How, how did you, how did you get Town sponsored by Town & Country? Okay, so sorry. That's actually it. Let's talk about this. So, so you're 13, 14 years old. You're yeah. starting to surf everywhere. Yeah. Doing some contests. The... Then you got then it, Horizons West thing imploded, okay. a bit. 
And then I think that was around like there was a big recession and stuff. And then Con Surfboards, which was up the street on Pico, and Randall Kim, I don't know if yep. you remember Randall Kim, yeah. came from Hawaii and ran the shop. Okay. And he had connections to town and country. And he sponsored me for town and country. And when I was... So that's before Quicksilver? This was before Quicksilver. So Boards, clothing, everything. Yeah, so like, I went to Hawaii and yeah. did the U.S. championships when I was like 14, I think it was. First trip? First trip to Hawaii. At 14? At 14 by myself. And you were comfortable in big waves already? You were charging California? Not really. I was, just, I was just whatever, going to Hawaii for the U.S. championships because I made the U.S. championships and that's where it was. Yeah. I'd done the one in Texas. Yeah. Then I went to the U.S. Championships at Makaha. Texas was And like I served 90s. for town and country, so I was sent to uh, Sunny Garcia's house <laughs> on the west side. Yeah, awesome. 13 or 14, and I was just this Howley kid, and we all met at the surfboard factory. I got picked up by Craig Sugihara. Yeah. Got taken over to the surfboard factory. I think her name was Iris. Anyway, <clears throat> I had three boards. Sunny had two. Instant problem. <laughs> Town and country. Yeah. Went back to the house. His parents took me in like my, they, I was their own. Showed me love and aloha. And Sonny was, you know, my, my freaking tour guide. No shoes, running on rocks and reef on a Miley Point. Fucking so what happened heavy. With just what, like, what happened holy with the shit, couldn't hear, understand a word. The pigeon was so thick. I ended up just like... What happened with the three, three boards to two? Somebody took one of I get one of his buddies is like, okay, I'll ride this one. <laughs> Pretty much. Then we both had two and the other guy had one. So problem solved. One of Sonny's buddies was yeah, riding it. Anyway, it was pretty, it was it was rad. So that was your first trip. And, and the and the west side is I mean, there's not a lot of surf spots. Like there are, but not like compared to the North Shore. Yeah. You know, you think like oh, oh the North Shore is just compact so compact. So we were on the we were instantly jumping in the back of a truck going to Makaha. Makaha, Miley Point, with, yeah, third with, dip, yeah. you got a couple of little Because he lived at Miley's, stuff. Miley Point. Yeah. So we'd walk out through the backyard, through over the highway, surfed out there a couple of times, and then we went to Makaha practice for the contest. You guys you guys get along then, you and Sunny? Did we get along yeah. then? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was rad. Yeah. It was really rad. Until I fucked up and I forgot the gift that their, his parents gave me, which was a, a How to Speak Pigeon book, <laughs> and my mom's camera. I forgot my mom's camera. Oh, shit. And I was like, fuck. You forgot it there? Yeah, at the uh, house. And so I there. saw Sonny here at the Nationals at Huntington Pier. And he's like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Yeah. My mom, my parents are pissed, bro. You fucking forgot the gift they gave you. Disrespect my family. Oh, Kind no. of a thing. You know, I was like, I felt horrible. Yeah. And, you know. But, but you're 13, yeah. 14 years well, old. Yeah, this, like, is like a, this is like a year later where everybody, you know. Well, anyway, it was crazy. It was the wildest freaking ride ever. How long were you over there? Like just for, for the like, event? Yeah, a couple weeks? A week or week something. Two. Ten yeah. days probably. Ten, yeah. What a trip. And that was the first of many Hawaii trips then, right? Well, yeah. then, I, then I had the money from modeling the next winter. You started modeling again? No. I had the money. Okay. Because I made a bunch of money. Yeah. I had the money and I'm like told... <laughs> Told my mom the town and country had us all set up on the North Shore. <laughs> you told her that, yeah, but it wasn't true. No. <laughs> so 
Yeah, mom, don't worry about I, it. I, it's all covered. Yeah. Sponsors hooking me up. Yeah, Tawny Country, blah, blah, blah. I made it sound good. I was... I had I'm sure of, they would have taken care of you, too. I though. had the gift of gab at a young age. Yeah. yeah. Be, you know, it was, you had to have it in Santa Monica or else yeah. you yeah. got... I, anywhere. I, at I any think, beach. I, I you think learned I, street knowledge. You, you, were, you, street, had, you got torn up. So anyway... Street smart. I quick. ended up in Hawaii with a couple of my friends in a taxi cab going to the North Shore. I heard about Cammy's Market and that yeah. there was those numbers on the board. So I flew over there. And I had the At money. what? I had the money. At 15, 14? This is 14. <laughs> I had the money, right? And so we get to there. We actually, the lifeguard tower at sunset. Yeah. They give the guy 80 bucks. The guy just, rah, fishtails, just cloud of fucking dust, smoke, just... Right now, my friends are like standing there looking at me. What are we gonna do? And I'm like, Who, who, how many friends that do you talk into? Was Steve and I think it was Segrist? Yeah, I know Steve Segrist and uh, not well, but and uh, we uh, drag our board bags, my boards or somebody's boards didn't show up. Anyway, drag our board bags to the fucking camis. I'm standing there at the board, all the rims for rent, all the rims for rent, writing down numbers and you know, going to pay for a pocket full of cash. It was, it was on. Yeah. You know? And my friends are like, oh, okay. I started being more comfortable because there was the board that I told them about. <laughs> no, fuck it. You know. Anyway. No, Davey no, Miller. No parental. Um, Davey Miller. Davey he Miller. He pick you up in his truck no matter what. He'd pick up every hitchhiker. Davey Miller down. walks out of the store. And I'm like, Davey Miller. <laughs> he was like a surf star. He'd biggest yeah. California yeah. guy yeah. in Hawaii. Surfing pipeline, backdoor. He was the fucking man. Killer and I was style, like, rip. Yeah, I wrote for uh, Victory. Yeah. And yeah. I wrote for Victory. I'm all, Davey Miller. He's all, who, hey, what's up? Do I know you? I'm like, no, but I know you. He's all, what's up? I'm just, I'm just trying to find a place to stay. He's like, you got some money? I'm all, yeah. He's all, let me see. <laughs> <laughs> so sick. Then, then, he's like, put your shit in the car. Boom, boom, come with me. Jump in the car, driving down the street. Pull over underneath the fucking overhang of a garage. I have no idea where I'm at. Yeah. Go into the house, puts our stuff in the back bedroom. This is where you guys are going to stay. So epic. Walk out onto the deck. How lucky did you guys get? Walk out onto the deck, right? He goes, that's <coughs> pipeline, that's back door, and this is off the wall. And this is the house that they named the off the wall after. And we're standing what is now the Billabong house. Yeah. Wow. I'm standing on that deck. It was the first place I stayed on the North Shore. Wow. Oh, yeah. And the guy goes, that's all you're going to need to know for the next 15 years. Yeah. Wow. Give me my money. <laughs> How much did he charge you? It was like 180 bucks or something for a week. Something ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Then I started seeing the burnt spoons and the fucking crack shit. And I'm like, oh, oh you're smoking. You're on fucking drugs. And my friend's money went missing. Oh. And so I call him out. Like, hey, dude. Yeah. He was, all, he was huge. He was six huge. three. Yeah, he's a big dude. Big human. I was five yeah. two. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, where's my money? <laughs> He's all like, laughs at me, walks away. Yeah. <laughs> See Dane K. Aloha in the water. <laughs> Tell him what happened. He's all, okay, I'll give you a ride to the airport. I'll be there, nine o'clock. Tell him to give you your money or have it ready. So I go back, I tell him, hey, need my money. Dane's going to come over here and get my money. How did you become friends with Dane? Town and country. Okay. Back in the day. Yeah. Like, Couple that year before in California, my mom and Dane and everybody they were partying. Yeah, and freaking, so I became instant family. Wow. Dane comes to the house, dude. 
So Davy Miller so was Davey in a bad Miller, way. Yeah, Davy Miller looks out of his room, and I'm like, <laughs> "It's for you." Yeah. Open the door there. Boom! Runs in. All of a sudden, cash. Right. But she had to leave. Left. Well, I was leaving. You, you were leaving. Okay. okay. I was already gone. Yeah, he's going <clears> right back. But then, when I first got there, I didn't know where to paddle out, so I paddled out in between off the wall and pipe. At yeah, back ain't. It ain't. It ain't. Yeah. The it ain't the spot. spot. <laughs> it ain't the spot. So I piled out and got pounded by like a six footer at back door. And when you, when I was five two, that was yeah. that's terrifying. And it's like a two feet deep. And but that feeling of almost feeling like I was gonna die was psyched, a rush. Psyched, yeah. it was I was that was it. it? Tuned me into this like adrenaline junkie. Just like that. Yeah, because you was, guys. I I mean, I was psyched from there on. You guys, this guy. Well, this, went, not you, Lar. Yeah, I but know, this, this guy this here. Guy, this guy's got, like you said, big, big cojones. Yeah. But then I went home and got psyched. Yeah. Santa Cruz that next winter, I remember going up there and the waves were pumping. I went out. So that was the moment where you kind of like clicked. This yeah. is something, what I want to do all day. Something like. actually broke yeah. in your brain saying, this, you can this do is this. the best high ever. Because yeah. <laughs> you, you get pumped. Do you think there's any stories? Because I have a similar story going to Hawaii at an early age. Yeah. I mean, I went over there a couple times with my parents on like family trips, and then I don't think there's those stories anymore. I don't think they exist. Like just going over there, like oh, just charging by yourself and just like trying to figure yeah. it out. Like I mean, he was now, well now the communication, the, the connection, no, but, the, the world is so small now that you can everything is basically laid out for you. Yeah. If you say to me as a kid, I didn't know, yeah. you're full of shit. Yeah. There's too much information. Too much. Yeah, but like at I, your fingertips, not to know, and if you don't know, you're just lazy. But yeah. I, I rode for Quicksilver, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we got guys over there. Yeah, you go stay with like Jack Johnson, or you know, I think there's somebody else they had on it." <laughs> but you know, I'm like, you know, what's their number? Like, how do I get yeah. a hold of these guys? Oh yeah, this is their address. Whatever. Just when you, you get know. there, you'll find them. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I get picked up by with you know like. Mick, uh, Mickey and Marvin picked me up. <laughs> and he's, he's, first and he's, time at, he's at the, the VLAN like yeah. projects. Yep. And they're like, this is, you know, here's this your couch. Here's your couch yeah. and here's your deal. And I was so terrified. Like I had a, I brought my skateboard because that's yeah. your transportation. And I would leave us waiting for the sun to get up. Quick as you could. And I would be out and then I'd come back right at dark and I'd slide <laughs> into the little like rats running through the house and I people remember. coming in and out. Yeah. And it was heavy. And I was so intimidated because Jack's house with his family. I'm, you know, like I'd see him surfing. I'd be like, "Hey, quick surf, you know, like wanna, you know, come, come over, stay over here, yeah. and I come, like put my stuff in here, like front yard, you know, like so I'd stash, you know." That was that was the secret place. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, and I mean, I stayed in the hostel there. I mean, there was years where you Things know didn't people work. were like, "Oh, you you could, you know, rooms would be set up, or you would go and nothing no, would be, yeah. nothing would be there. Yeah. You'd be like, what?" Yeah, yeah you off to fend for yourself. Yeah, at but people, 13, you know, 15 years old. A lot of people, you know, put out extending hand and slept on a lot of couches. But you know, it's just good, good, good days. So, did you? When did you turn pro? Or did you turn pro? I thought I was kind of pro <laughs> <laughs> at one point. I was surfing the PSWAs. Okay, I think I made the quarters a few times, but yeah. all my friends were. Just like losing, like see some judging stuff. You'd be like, wait a minute, my friend just won that heat, and you just told him he got third. Like crazy, like, yeah. you know. Back yeah. in the day, just there was some sketchy judging, yeah. inconsistencies. Now it's pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. 
And, uh, and I just ended up with, um, it was kind of the same, it was just like this rollover from when I was 12. Okay, when I was 12 years old, I was, I'd won the nationals, I was at the NSSA banquet, PT goes, okay bro, you're on the national team, I'd like to offer you that. Which was, was like body glove? And, this or, was like, you know, Chris Frohoff. Or yeah. not as a national team. Like Tom Curran, like it was like the gnarliest OP. team ever. I think Matt Archibald or somebody was yeah. on it. Like it was a gnarly. For sure. It was like the best surfers in California, in, the, in America were on the national team. Yeah. The NSSA national team. And I was like, mom, what, you know, he, and, and I was like, and she's like, well, what do you want to do? You want to hang out with these guys or do you want to hang out with these guys? And it was like all my homies from the Dogtown were on the WSA all-star team. And I was like, well, I'm going to surf for the WSL. Yeah. The WSA. And the guys all, my mom's like, okay, that's your decision. Yeah. And so at a young age, my mom was kind of like always fending me off to follow my heart and happiness instead of like my mind and structure. Yeah. Yeah. And so at 12, I went over there. PT told me, oh, dude, you just ruined your surf life at 12 years old. Yeah. Tell a 12 year old that. I have. <laughs> he did straight up. He's like, you're done. You just ruined your surf life. I'm like, oh, cool. Mom. Mom. Done. And then my mom's like, what did he say? Went over and just lit him up. Yeah. Because like, that lit was, him up. Like, that that yeah. was the route that, you know, young, hot rippers took, you yeah. know? And yeah. I remember like the older generation, it was the national team was sponsored by OP. Yeah. And everybody had to have, you know, you were, that was your sponsor. Like and you had to wear. was the, and it then, was the shit. Was and then the shit. And then it went to. Competitive to pro and then it went surfing. to body glove and you were body glove everything like yeah. you had the national team sticker on your board and this is yeah. a national team sticker and yeah. then whatever corporate sponsor they had at the time and I, I was writing for Quicksilver I'm like I don't want to wear that stuff I don't want to write yeah. that thing I want, I want to be on you know Quicksilver I want to be on Quicksilver and be yeah. cool you know like it was weird but yeah I had similar you know like that was kind of a no no anyway like it just got to this point to but where it pushed you to be more I went off to that side so then cut to what we were just talking about the contest I was watching all this weird political stuff go on and my house just telling me fuck this bail and so I bailed with all my friends and went and surfed I lost all my sponsors and was surfing for Bear with Terrence McNulty Bear 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 the remember, fictional yeah remember Bear yeah he turned that brand into uh, the... and, and this guy Jeff Doner over in Hawaii was who was I still know I, I used to stay at his house on the couch but through Bear, I hooked up with him. There was um, a few other guys that were a part of the company, and I was, um, you know, on the team and surfing pipeline and hanging out with freaking, you know, guys in, on the North Shore and just doing anything I could. See, like, I thought you were on Quicksilver a lot younger than... No, no, no. Yeah. So, like, I was, like, I got over there, and I was, like, 18, 19, 20... Riding Strap, for bear? Riding yeah. for bear, strapping a quarter pound of weed to my leg and flying to Hawaii and dropping it off and selling it so I could pay for my stay there. <coughs> like, yeah. I was doing I was doing anything I could. I would work my ass off all summer in restaurants. To be over there for the winter. To go over there for the winter. Yeah. There was not, there was the holy grail. It was pipeline. That was it. That was what it was. There was no other route. Yeah. I stopped surfing contests. I loved surfing, you know, barrels and... That was it. That was like the only like way for me and through my life was just when I was little, I used to watch Pipeline, you know, videos. And then like I finally got to go over there and surf it. I was so addicted to it that I just did anything. And it was the only thing in my, I was blinded. How, how is it like getting used to the pecking order and like, you know, dealing with, you know, yeah. like the lineup itself? That was freaking horrible. 
Lot of closeouts. A lot of. Well, Johnny Boy to freaking Derek to Mike to uh, Marvin Foster, Dane K. Aloha. I mean, Tom Stone. You had like um, Mike Akima. There was all of these, just this huge group of Hawaiian surfers that dominated. That yeah. dominated. Yeah. yeah. There was no, there was no like, it was so, and localism and being in the water as a Howley kid and just like, you know, like sitting there just like a mouse and just underneath all those guys and, and they'd paddle for a wave and you'd see, you'd calculate and you'd be like, they're not going to catch this one. <laughs> but I can't risk like dropping in or he's not going to get it, he's not going to get it, he's not going to get it. And then all of a sudden you just, and I'd you'd whip it and fly into a wave and just, just whoop tomahawk at the bottom just eat shit because there was no possible way that you were actually going to make it. Yeah. But you had to whip yourself into it and go for it because if Those you didn't only attempt it, you'd never get a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And so you would never get respect. It was it wasn't even respect. It was just to actually end up catch on a wave, wave. Yeah. off the peak. And then finally, after but you time, gained respect, you for- gained respect in in the sense that you would end up like um, entering that system with those guys so much that they'd be like, oh, "Go, yeah," because they're looking for the gems and they're yeah. not going. They know which ones yeah. to go on and which yeah. not to go on. And they're like, was, well, was I'm just going to wait for the next perfect one where you're like, I got to go on anything I can. Yeah. Holly's going to get. Scraps. Yeah. So you got scraps. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? You go, you, got on the, some... you go out on the really big days that there's not a lot of guys out on. Yeah. And the stormy days. Stormy. You end up with a couple of photos. So yeah, what was, was that? your first pipe photo? And then you end up like, I got a couple of photos from pipe. Young? No, like 17, 18. And well, then, that, that story that you uh, posted a while back about you just got on Quicksilver or something like that. Yeah. And then... They sent you to where you went yeah. to Hawaii. Yeah, they. Well, I was in a weird position. I was like 20, 21, 21. Yeah, twenty. And um, but you'd already been going to pipe. I'd been going to surf pipe, but then my parents, <clears throat> my mom, and my friend's parents were like, kind of like, hey, like, what are you gonna do? You know? You're, you're twenty go years to, old. Yeah, I'm, I'm working in restaurants. I'm not going to college yet, and uh, I went to an Indian sweat lodge. Indian sweat lodge. Yeah. Where they basically take these rocks and they have this ceremony, and you have like this, American Indian. Yeah, you okay. have this, you have basically an outer body experience of and vision of what you're. Did you, did you take anything going. or no? Just drink a lot just of water and meditation. Get into a, a, a state of like separation. Wow. And, okay. And uh, I came out of it, and the guy who set this up, the guy, it's one of my buddies. I think it was Steve Segrist. Is like. Set it up, and when I came out of it, the guys were like, "Dude, you're on the perfect path." And then I went down to Quicksilver with Ricky Massey. Yeah, and talked to Robbie Todd, <laughs> and Robbie Todd's all, "Let me just let's let me." Uh, he's like looking at my portfolio and the whole thing. He's like, "Okay, let's go. We'll go talk to Dan Kwok." And so I go into Dan Kwok's office, and he's all, "Well, kind of some cool photos, but." Um, I really don't need another blonde-haired kid from California think he's going to go to Hawaii and be a fucking hero. Sorry. And basically kicked me out of the office. So I left in tears. And then... Because Rick rode for them, right? Yeah, Ricky was riding for them. Okay. And then uh, Robbie Todd's all, let me just go talk to him. Goes back and comes back out with 500 bucks, an airplane ticket to Hawaii, a short jump. And some clothes. 
And he's like, good luck, bro. Make it happen. Wow. And that was it. So I went to Hawaii one last time, one last winter, so to speak, before I was going to go back to school and try and, like, go to college and like, all that stuff. And uh, <clears throat> I was staying on floors, just, like, same old rat same pack. Same old winter. But I'm older. Yeah. I'm 20, 21. And, uh, and you paid your dues, and you but moved up the pecking order, right? Sitting on the beach, smoking a joint <laughs> with a bunch of people, like... And there was 200 guys in the water. And it was a classic pipe day. It was second reef waves. And I go, fuck, it's so crowded. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Super baked. And I can't remember who it was. was sitting next to me. He goes, yeah, but just takes one, man. <laughs> just takes one. All it takes is one. Yeah. So I was like, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Got on my bike. Rode back to Rocky Point where I was living on the floor in the garage on a fold-out couch, literally on the grease stain. Got my shit, rode back down to, I think I was on somebody's handlebars when I went back because I borrowed somebody's bike. Paddled out, saw Noah uh, Johnson in the lineup. And he was like paddling out to Second Reef. And I was, or no, I was paddling out. I got to First Reef, it was so crowded that I started paddling to Second Reef. I see Noah Johnson. And he's all, there's a, there's like, you can kind of get a couple chip-ins right here. There's a chip-in right here. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, fuck it. And outside was like 60 guys at Second Reef. And there was like 150 at First Reef. I mean, it was, you could have walked on the fucking, humans. It, it was the most beautiful day. So I get about 50 yards away from Noah and a wave comes and I'm like, I'm in the spot. Wow. And I look at him and he like yells at me, Go! And I'm like, fuck, okay. And I'm riding. Rolling. A Mayhem. Okay. And Mayhem, this is the first boards he really made for pipe. I drop, I catch the wave on a Rolling, basically. Yeah. And I, but then it jacks on the reef and I go to do a bottom turn. There's so much rocker in the board. Just stop. I fucking went backwards off the back of the board. Like almost fell off the board like this. Through my arm, it made like through my arms up over my head backwards behind me, and I'm fucking like a in, the, in the bowl, and I'm in this huge fucking cavern like of the wave. And Don King, I don't even see him, but he's underneath me. I don't even, he's over here. Like, usually you're, you're pulling into the ground, the guy's in front of you. Yeah, take, you're looking down. <clears> so I'm not, I don't even see him, but fucking, whoa, I, I pull it back over the, to get onto my board. I ride the wave out. It spit out. Basically, I, I was never really deep in the barrel. I was like in the pocket. But basically, it was like the only way I caught. Yeah. You know? That was it. Yeah. I like bail. I'm there for another month. But a lot of people saw that. This, right? A lot of people see this way. Yeah. I'm there for another month. I'm hanging out with like Jeremy Biles. Remember Jeremy Biles? Sounds Australian familiar. guy. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. at the, uh, the sugar mill. Party? at a bar and you know there's North Shore party like yeah. everybody's partying and he's like you and me you and me I'm like what he's like I'm, I got the center spread mate you got the cover right I'm like <laughs> you what? didn't even know no and so I think <coughs> he's just fucking with me yeah right so cut to I'm in the garage I'm sitting there I've heard about this from another person and you hadn't seen the man. Sur surfer, Don shot for surfer. Surfer, surfer yeah. magazine. So I'm sitting there yeah. and freaking like Kolohe or Ko 
uh, Kaleo Roberson and all the Maui guys were yeah. all staying in the house I was staying in. And they would like literally stay up later just to fuck with me and make me sick. Because I was sleeping where everybody hung out on the fold out. Yeah. They all finally go to sleep. I'm sitting there. I, there's a magazine upside down with the, the search ad on it. I flip it over and there's my cover shot. Why already? On the table. You know, corners. A month of the, later. This is like over. Like, this is March. Okay. Like, or like way later. And I like I, the, the corners of the mag are all ripped off for rolling joints. <laughs> just, you know, putting carbs in it. And freaking there's a fart coming out of my ass. <laughs> They doodled all over. Says Howie Kook on it, you know, the arrow to me. There's a freaking like joint coming out of my mouth. Like it was like you know. Yeah. yeah. Remember what you did to me? Yeah. yeah doodled awesome. all the people. Anyway, there it was, and my like whole fucking life stream had come true. Don King got the photo of me at Pipeline on Surf Magazine. I was like, wow, so dude. Killer. Why did it take so long for you to finally see? Because the- people were hiding it from me. You're kidding me. Because I was some fucking kid from California. And they're so jealous. That shouldn't yeah. have gotten the cover. Yeah. But because <laughs> I had a Quicksilver logo on my board. And Robbie Todd went back in. And then I came home and Danny Kwok first one. Oh, I knew you could do it. And I'm Bastard. like, fuck you. You didn't fucking tell me shit. That's another fucking. Yeah. I watched him steal fucking Bruce Irons and start Volcom. Yeah. Right underneath everybody's nose. And I was like, dude, what are you fucking... Yeah. You want to surf for Quicksilver or not? I'm like, yeah. He's like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, so that's fucking a huge milestone. Yeah. It, it basically set your career off then. Yeah. I mean, I didn't make, I was making 500 bucks a month after that. But, <laughs> but at the time, but then, you were then I started rolling it. It was every a, bit of money I made. I went on a surf trip with eclectic groups, created content, became a lifestyle surfer. We started doing all these photo shoots. Yeah. I actually fucking brought Danny Clock ad prices for Raygun, Details, Spin, Rolling Stone. Yeah, because they were one big. There, they was, were there was another company or another magazine. I called them up. I got the fucking ad prices. So I found out all the all these numbers. Because this was, to me, we were just advertising in Surf Max, talking to the same fucking yeah. 50,000 people. I'm like, dude, we need to fucking... And Span. I was thinking about it for myself, right? Yeah. Bigger picture. But you weren't working for him yet, right? I was, no, I was a surfer. Yeah. So I bring him all these things, and Danny Clark just goes, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Can't That's a pipe dream, bro. That's a pipe dream, bro. It's too much money. Six months later... They're doing it. Every one of the magazines I brought him, he fucking opens a campaign in yeah. Company grows to like $150 million. <laughs> Tells me, I'll take care of you. Yeah. I'll give you a board riders club, kid. <laughs> sure, great. Santa Monica board riders club. Fuck, I'm in. Like, yeah. Guess what? There's yeah. no fucking board riders club. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get shit. He got a fucking couple million dollar bonus or whatever. Yeah. I never got a fucking thing. So Strider yeah. Wazalewski was. Brought him all of those fucking campaigns. Your idea. And then he told me. That's just the evolution, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, that's that you you know you think it'd be different in the, in the in the surf market world when you know it's supposed to be this ghetto boy like family network. Of, yeah, but you know yeah. what? It is. He but stole, it isn't. Yeah. He stole his way into that company, yeah. and then he stole everybody's shit all the way through that company. Yeah. And then he ended up getting paid out in the Huge. end. Huge. Huge. But so like. But let's let's look at the situation. Like he got 
a lot of things happened where he ended up basically his family, his kids are, you know, his dad. So his kids are still there for him. But, you know, he ended up getting a divorce and going through some heavy shit because of, you know, I think I'm my theory is the world's always watching. Yeah. Always. Karma. Karma. Well, if you believe in karma. Yeah. Karma exists. Yeah. Yeah. Because Eddie Rothman told me that if if karma was real, he'd be dead. (laughs) A long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so I realized that, you know, a lot of things in life are are what you believe. For sure. And you, what you perceive to be real is real. Yeah. And that's your reality. Yeah. And just, and letting, how things affect you, you know, like if, if you let things affect you, whether negative or positive, then that's kind of the route, you know, it's going to take you. Yeah. So you just, so where, where do we go from here? What, what happens next? So you're working, you know, pro surfing angles. You're trying to. I'm just modeling stuff. I surfed, no. modeled, freaking did photo shoots and started started becoming shows. a lifestyle. And did I was <clears throat> pretty much one of the faces of Quicksilver, yeah, as you can remember, and, yeah. And Kelly Slater was the competitive side of it, and you were the char- the charger was, balls of the walls like, guy. Yeah, this like kid. They took on photo shoots and doing nicks and all these rad photographers, and we did amazing stuff. Campaigns and a bunch of those Indo like Indonesia uh, trips. trips and just like ended up on my dream. You know, my life became pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, um, traveling the world, traveling the world for 15 years. Then I went, I I uh, was surfing Chopu a lot and I blew my shoulder out there, dislocated it and blew it all to pieces. Had surgery and during that time was when I started working. Big mistake. Bob, <laughs> telling Bob McKnight, fuck, man, we got to do, you know, what's this, what's that? He's like, would you just shut up and just come to me with a solution if you have a problem? Yeah. So I'm like, all right. And so I came to him with the solutions, went after the other. So then the next thing you knew, I was like, he's like, fuck, these are great ideas, you know, like, and started working. Yeah. Which was, a, you know, stupid. I ended up freaking with a big office and in the, you know, thought this, this is what I was. I was overweight. I was not taking care of myself. I was freaking depressed. Doing, when you get hurt, you get depressed. I was doing drugs. But, I was, but he, I ended up, I was in a great place if you looked at it from the face value. Yeah. Like what you thought was the life, right? In a yeah. corporate environment with a great job and a freaking office and yeah. boom, traveling around. That's the still. opposite spectrum where you just you got came the salary, from. you got the title, no responsibility to, and surfing. Too. To tell you the truth, like, it just wasn't me. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not this whole ladder. I, but it was a great school of understanding. So wait, can we go back? Life. You said you were going to, you were going back to school. Did you? I never fact, went back to school. You never went to school. Because my mom was like, well, you can always go to school. Look at me. She went back to school way later. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Follow your dreams. I started getting, I started getting paid to travel the world and surf. She's like, well, you ain't going to do that. Nobody's going to. Do that for you later. Yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. you can pay for yourself, but fucking ride the wave while you can. Right. So I just went around. The so world. how old were you when when you got hurt? And first of all, Chopu, like, was that when did you start going to Chopu? Because I started going over there in '96 with Hank Photo, and we did a trip over there and surfed with Raymana, and hung out and freaking just me, Braden Diaz, um, and Noah Drole and and Raymana. We were just surf perfect waves and hang out on boats and stayed at the pension bourgeois like in the middle of nowhere stayed at Ramona's house and we just like would surf shows yeah 
Because, I mean, then, you guys were, I mean, I wouldn't say hand. pioneers of it, we but you were like doing, the first couple dudes that were fucking yeah, we were doing, putting choke on the We were mat, doing right? towings with um, this really shitty jet ski, <laughs> of a, a rope, like a boat rope. Oh, my God. And uh, a water bottle tied to the end of it. That's what so I, you didn't write that was, your fingers your handle was? Yeah, a handle was a water bottle. <laughs> Duct tape. <laughs> but he couldn't come and save us. Because this jet ski would boggle would go down. fast enough, yeah. couldn't go fast enough. So yeah. he could get us. He could barely get the ski up fast enough to get to somebody, <clears throat> but he couldn't go into the zone. So we'd let go of the rope, and when you let go of the rope, you were let go. Wow! <laughs> and so you were just pulling into freaking caverns with no life vest. I don't understand how it was. Pretty you get rad. the courage yeah. to do nobody all out. these things. Just you nobody. guys. Yeah, nobody. Nobody around. Yeah, nobody even in the lineup. Yeah, and, Han- and you've seen was it. Was pretty aggressive on like because he was notorious going out to outer reefs, putting yeah. himself in like back. He was pretty on it as far as yeah. He was his- the best guy photographer yeah. wise, and so I had hired him. Then we, we would just go take photos and just do trips there, and just it was we had the best time. Quick silver like years guys at a pipe or yeah. five guys out of two. Yeah, it was and, incredible. So you yeah. tweaked your shoulder there on a trip. I was there for the contest, the trials, and we were all there in the morning, and I charged away got to the bottom purled and freaking had my arm out like this and just was like hitting cement i was underwater my t-shirt wrapped around my neck and my shoulder and i couldn't move and i remember coming up like this choking on my shirt and my shoulder was out and they were like oh and then like i was like one arming trying to get back to the the channel got pounded ended up getting a boat ride and they popped my arm oh, back after like two hours but it was so fucked up that uh, it kept happening yeah and so Warren Kramer did the surgery been fine since said it, said no it. other no, issues no I actually went fucking surfing too early towed in same thing <laughs> blasted it again and then went back and had to get surgery again same shoulder by Uncle Warren he put it back together again and then I waited the time for it to heal all the way and so, it's just so how old were you when that happened and then you started working for Quicksilver? Fuck. 23, 24? Or? No, no, no. This was, uh, I was like, I want to say 30. Huh. So you were world traveling yeah. for Quicksilver. I was like 29. Yeah. Okay. And then, did you have, were you married already or not yet? Just. Just married? Just, at that point, I just <clears throat> met my wife and she was taking good care of me and you're like so so I gotta you were step hurt. up and do something I'm hurt I gotta get a real <laughs> job I gotta I start working in. and yeah I was still surfing pro too but mo- I, you know just selective trips I just made the mistake of like raising my hand yeah raising your hand to do work cause then once I got in there I was kinda locked into it but then it was like it but was it's, all, it's pretty fucking awesome well here's the deal you get to a point to where you think it's awesome. You come out of a surf career into a work career and you have a path, but then you realize the path of the surf industry by the people who are then running it. I mean, literally, I had the pipe house, the Quicksilver pipe house in my hands. I was renting it. The owner told me, here, yeah, give me 700 grand, it's yours. I go, Quicksilver, this is the Quicksilver house now. You guys buy this house, 700 grand. Nope. Oh, we don't buy houses. Yeah. I told the guy next door, 
He's like, hey, if you know anybody who wants to buy our house too, we're selling it. Yeah. I was on a fucking kayak trip with Clint Moncada, who was running Volcom Hawaii. Yeah. Hey, this house is for sale for 800 grand, dude, right at Pipeline. Yeah. He's all, oh, fuck, thanks. I'll buy it. Yeah. Yep. Bought the house. Booyah. Then they bought the house next door. Now those fucking houses are worth Bajillion. 20 times yeah. the money. 20, 20 but, times. oh, hey, we don't buy houses. That's not our business. Yeah. But then I realized. Didn't Bob McKnight had a house at Sunset, though? But then I realized yeah. that Quicksilver had already gone the wrong direction. Yeah. Because they were thinking of pure business sense instead of a passionate sense of surfing. Yeah, yeah right. sure. And that's where, that's where the surf industry went down the hole. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why... Big box, mainstream. Let's get big. Let's fucking make money. Let's you know, forget about everything else. Yeah. yeah, just the it, brand. Then they start, you know, the brand and all. And then all the kids were like, "Why am I going to pay twenty bucks more for a T-shirt with a big Quicksilver logo on it when I can get this bitch and nice soft cotton shirt for half the price?" Yeah, yeah. Like, and it was just they were just too full of themselves. Yeah, but let's talk about this though, right? Here um, you are, high school graduate, right? Yeah. And your calling card is Mr. Pipeline, yeah. Yeah, right? Chopu, you're a fucking charger. Yeah. And getting paid to surf to go around the world. You get paid to go around the world, but then you're also savvy, right? Yeah. You've got street smarts. Well, street and, smarts from growing up like that. And, and a business sense, right? Like you, you had ideas that you... Well, I wouldn't call it a business sense, but I had a heart for what I was doing. Right. But the idea to, to you had ideas and the ideas to were advertising a bigger benefit yeah. benefited. But when but the, I, when you actually <sighs> act from a place of passion and and from your heart, it works. Doing stuff, it works best. That translates. Yeah, yeah. This other shit that everybody started doing doesn't. Yeah, totally. And, and what I'm saying though, Strider, yeah. is like you accomplished something that not very many people get to accomplish with a, a high school. Diploma. <laughs> Diploma. Yeah. You know what I mean? You you were in a no, I probably a six figure six figure definitely salary. Bridged right? the gap between being an athlete and going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Which was pretty it was awesome. And it was my time at Quicksilver for I was there for almost twenty years and it was incredible. Yeah. And then that's a that's a thing that uh, I wanna congratulate you on yeah, and celebrate thanks. what your accomplishment of being a I'm a fucking high school yeah. guy. He's a high school guy. You know, like... But go to college, you guys. But go to college, you know? like get <laughs> well, Not everybody gets what they... <laughs> open up your opportunities. Yeah, like... And, well, it's just but, a better... It's a better badge on your resume. Yeah. You can have that. That's the thing that I like to point out is like, bro... But follow your passion. You first are... And foremost. You are like super legitimate. The authenticity... Yeah, paid your dues. Is, authentic. Is, is all there. And, and you became... A fucking Quicksilver executive because of your surfing prowess, right? Yeah. And your personality and your know-how of the business without having, you know, you went to the school of surfing. Yeah. And that helped you get that position. And how long did you do that for? Yeah, I was, I worked for like four years. Yeah. Five years, four years. Cool. And, and then it was, the writing was on the wall and I was just like, I was, I was there, but I wasn't really there. And like they started pushing me, the middle management started pushing me around to like, oh, okay, you're going to work over here in the sales department now. 
because they I don't know if they thought maybe I'd fail there, but then I excelled there. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I started doing cool things because I loved the, the guys at the shops and I had this relationship and so I'd do rad things and they would be stoked on things I did for them and yeah. they were, it was just like this cool and anyway it and then it was like oh it's getting bad and well that, you can stay here if you want to or you can take this golden parachute and you can get paid for a year full salary and find something yeah and so I took that because yeah. I had realized that things didn't look great down yeah. the line for the company. And let's, you know, it's not a and secret. Me. It's not a secret. Quicksilver went through bankruptcy. Yeah, it was a right? heavy. I mean, they, like you said, they hired people that they were got, outside. They were non-endemic. And they were doing it for business reasons and not really yeah. coming bit, from the They bit off too much. Yeah. You know. Well, they got talked into this, like, that whole Rosinal deal was what really broke their back. That's what really... And that yeah. was a coup d'etat inside deal. Like, yeah. It just... But that, you know, at that time, Europe was on fire, the brand and Quicksilver. Oh, they, and that was yeah. like... When yeah. they, they that thought that was their anchor for Europe and going into the snow, which they already were doing good. But, yeah. you know, then they bought, you know, Mervin, and then they were like... Their, their eyes got... Which was good. Yeah. Mervin was awesome. And then they had yeah, the board rider. and the whole thing was... But then they had the board riders, like, Vision, and then they had... You know, like everything, everything was good yeah. until Rising. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which everybody well, said the, was a bad idea. And the yeah. whole industry <laughs> kind of got caught up in in being a, a fucking ticker tape stock market yeah. thing. You know, yeah. Which, IPO this and IPO that yeah. and make millions and who? Yeah. Which almost everybody kind of had to go through, right? And now it's we're on a reset button, reset. kind of. For, for kind of. Well, <laughs> yeah, major reset. So then what happened, Mr. Waz? <laughs> so you had this year transition, your golden year to kind of figure out things. Where did, where did you go? Surfing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I just, back on the sponsorship. I literally just started surfing. Yeah. I just was like, about six months into it, I started doing surf lessons. Mm. For the, for the, where for I the lived. rich yeah. and famous? Yeah. So like a lot of movie uh, stars, musicians, etc. Um, people... Just wanted that. All these people living at Little Doom. You know, everybody there. wanted to surf. Yeah. And it was right under my nose. And it was crazy lucrative. Yeah. Like. Yeah, for them, they're like. Crazy. Yeah. And so, and I'm doing what I love. They're getting what they love. Like, they're just stoked. And so, I went on this run of just like doing surf lessons, hanging out at Little Doom and at my house and just like... Was it fun because of the money or, or fun to watch these people no, learn? Watch, actually it was, learn. More, it was like, honestly what? more about the people and the relationships I was having yeah. and watching their stoke level. Like it was insane. That's yeah. cool. And I was leaving happy. Yeah. You know, my life was, was in a good... You're like, I'm I was, paid to I do was this. so much happier than I was when I worked, you know, Quicksilver. at Quicksilver. So, and then it, it rolled into... Uh, shade sunscreen and the WSL about a year and a half later after I got um, after you left left Quicksilver yeah so how did shade come about it was one of my neighbors he he's like yeah my son you know what he has this formula but I, there's like I was like huh anyway so that's a whole nother story that we're gonna put away. Yeah, for, <laughs> for next episode. But but you started shade. But I started shade sunscreen, and I was like, which I love. There was a bunch of names and stuff there that were 
uh, available and or were not available. And I was like, this is the name I wanted. Yeah. And my partner's like, no, we can't wait for that. The trademark lawyer's like, don't do it. You're, gonna, you're never going to get it. Um, you're wasting time. And I, it was kind of a red flag right away. But I was like, no, I'm waiting for that. This is what I want. Yeah. And Coppertone owned it. And they have like a grace period after their time runs out on it to renew it. And they never did. On shade. Yeah. I a dermatologist and I was, that was a sunscreen. And this was like back in the early 90s, you know? Yeah. And then shade was the one. He's like, this is the one sunscreen that I recommend. And it was shade. No way. Yeah. From Copperton. Yeah. Yeah. And it was weird because it was like, you couldn't find it in any sort of shop or anything. Yeah. It was, you had to go to like I mean, the farm, you know, the pharmacy play. You yeah. Know. They discontinued it yeah. for some reason. And the name Shade was available. Yeah. And, but it was How long has it been? It was pending. And so I had to wait through this whole thing. Yeah. And I remember I was with Cristobal de Cole and TT, his dad, in this like amazing secret spot in Peru when I found out about that I got the, the name. Yeah. Mark. Because there was this house there with a satellite <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, dude. And I mean, nowhere. Dude, on the, you've got to surf so many dude. different crazy places, I bet. Oh, dude. And anyway, I'll never forget. Uh, the land of laughs, man. Yeah. Peru. Epic. Well, land let's let's stop talking about that yet. But so, so Shade, how long has Shade been around? Shade's been around for like five years. Nice. And I went through a rough patch with uh, my partner and that whole thing. And now I finally own it. 100%. Yeah. And uh, it's it's about to fly. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Shade.com. Shade.com. Shadesunscreen.com. Shadesunscreen.com. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> Check it out. Get yeah. it. You know what? It's freaking amazing to tell you the truth. And uh, sorry to anybody who hasn't been able to get it, but you'll be able to get it soon. Yeah. So at the same time, you said... WSL? You, yeah. You got to WSL? Yeah. WSL... Um, so what, what was uh, the inspiration or onus or what the idea that came to you that said, hey, I want to work with the WSL? I had gotten the chance to do a, a, a broadcast with Jay Johnson in Cabo. What event was that? It was, a, it was a QS okay. down in Cabo. And I had done something before through Quicksilver. I was going to um, say, I thought you at, did a couple. I did one in uh, Brazil. It's Sakurama. It was like a 6,000. And they needed somebody to do it. And I, always, I wanted to do it. And nobody wanted to go to Brazil. And they were like, send Strider to Brazil. He'll go. Yeah. So I went. I did one of those. And Cabo. Then I did Cabo, which was just free form out of control. Drinking margaritas and, you know. Zippers? Or the rock? I, You're yeah, speaking my rock, language. The rock. the rock. Yeah. And uh, with Chris Cote and Anastasia Ashley and like this funny group of people. Anyway, it was it was really fun. We had the best time ever. Epic. And then the this whole thing came around. There was a, the opportunity. WSL took over. Um, it was a new, basically, you know, face of it, and they hired this crew to come in and do it. And they were done. And I was like, dude, you guys. They're like, sorry, we're done. And I was like, already hired everybody. <clears throat> yeah. And. I was like, but you're kind of blowing it. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, look at that crew and tell me which one of those guys actually looks like the quintessential surfer. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and the guy looks at me and he goes, huh. You, yeah. you got to sell the part, man. You're kind of right. Yeah. And I was freaking... Hungry. Hungry and, and wanted to do it. You're, you're like this, so you fell for that? <laughs> no, it was, it was the truth. That's it was the my, truth. Yeah. It was you're, my gut feeling. Yeah. Because I love the crew. If it wasn't there, you, yeah. but I'm looking they needed at somebody for that. None of those guys really looks like... The like surfer. The quintessential surfer. Yeah, yeah. And they're all amazing. You know, not that they're not good looking people, but yeah. they're just like... Well, you got Potts, you got Peter Mel, you got yeah, Kaipo, well, you got... No, it was it wasn't even Kaipo then. I think it was Todd Klein. Todd okay. Um, uh, it was you know. You had Ross. They had at Ross. Ross. But you kind of look at those guys. They're all pretty cleaned up, mm-hmm. you know, and there wasn't much edge on it. Yeah. And uh, anyway, gave me a chance. I did a stand did- up in front of every one of my buddies at the U.S. Open <laughs> on a stage in front of everybody, dude. Was, they told you they wanted you. No, to, I had to go down there in front audition. of everybody and nail it and drop a, a line in front of everybody without being distracted and everybody's yelling at me. Hey, Shire, what are you doing? You know, like just basically making fun of me. Yeah. yeah. And I'm standing there with a microphone in front of a camera, trying not to like during the U.S. Open. Yeah, during the U.S. Open. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy's like, you know what? And and thankfully, the guy Jed Pearson, the producer, he was like, he said that he kind of he saw something there yeah. that he thought he could. He could, it would work. Yeah, you could you could zone out the distractions and, I and got, deliver. Yeah, and I was there with Pat Parnell. Yeah. Doing the stand-ups. And anyway, long story longer, he I ended up going and he's like, Well, you're not really hired, <laughs> but you can come and do some of the like girls' contests and some of the big wave stuff. And then the next thing you know, I was going to Brazil. I didn't go to Australia, I went to Brazil. And they had me do something, and I remember like them asking me to be a certain way, and I was like, "God, that sucks." Yeah. And I did it, and it sucked. And I was like, "That was." They're like, "What did you think?" I was like, "I think it sucked." Yeah. And they're like, "Well, I thought you did pretty good." I was like, "That sucked." Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're like, "Huh?" And well, you're your own I, worst critic. You know, like, and they're know. like, "They're like, oh well." And then <clears throat> I was like, I was just over it, not over it, but I was like. This, there's got to be a better way. Yeah. You know, you guys yeah. hired me to be me. Yeah. And so they let me open the door. Yeah, don't don't they, handicap me. They don't actually, me so they gave else. me a little more leash and that's why I became kind of who I am now. Yeah. They, they just kind of let Is me it, go. And then every time I'd get too far, they'd pull the leash and I'd like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So was there a format like, hey, we need two guys in the booth rotating. Yeah, we, need, casting, we, we need a guy. It was sports casting one-on-one. Yeah. It was very straight edge. It was really just kind of um, you know it, it was just too clean almost but that was the that was the directive from management and the ownership yeah right but, but was there like a place for somebody in the water that they already had mapped out like the booth guys that got, yeah yeah you yeah. know and so they're Pete like Mel was that guy in the water too yeah so and then he needed to rotate an event I went out to, it was Fiji yeah there's a lot of events and, and then I the, got into it and then and then I just became the water guy yeah. yeah and they actually like you know the whole booth thing I was I had I was just I was I don't want to sit in a booth yeah you want to be out there interacting be, with the crowd and I be on be the, with in the, the people, mix feel the energy people. I want to be where yeah. I'm supposed to be and have creative like freedom so to speak I think it's awesome getting that perspective you know obviously you got water angles and you got drone angles but that's to have commentating like 
yeah, I saw the fins out the back, you know, yeah, like yeah. when you're, it's one thing seeing it, but when you're hearing the commentating. It brings you into yeah. and onto the field. Yeah. When you're. For sure. When you, if you can translate and, you know, articulate what's happening. From with, that perspective. With the passion yeah. and the feeling of the athlete and yourself. Yeah. To meet that in the water yeah. is one of the most important things, I think, to me, if yeah. you're a viewer. For sure. Because it gives you the opportunity that nobody else really has. And that's the feeling of actually being inside of yeah, the best. I got to tuck my mic in and place, take one know? on the head. You, you got to be there. And yeah. you're like, and sometimes, you know, at those places, oh, this one's swinging wide. <laughs> Hold on, you guys. Yeah, I got to duck that this way. There's stuff that happens. Like, and that's what's great. There's so many different. You can't write that. You got to have. Honestly, yeah. I had guys landing on me at Chopu. Like. Yeah, that one. Oh, who was it? Michelle Perez, like, kicked yeah, because it was so west, you couldn't you. actually see straight into over the, it. So they come over the lip, and if I was any, you know, it was like, oh shit! Couple Wasn't it Gabriel, Gabriel Felipe Medina, that just went right over your Gabriel head? Gabriel Medina, yeah, flew right over me, lifted his board up out. Like, that was sick. That was yeah, he actually like, grabbed yeah. his board and like you know, threw it and out. Then, and then afterward, and it, it's just such a radical thing. Like everybody's like, you know, they're my relationship with the athletes is so good that they were like stoked and like, hey, sorry about that, you know, whatever, in the middle of a heat. But it was, and it wasn't intentional, nothing was like yeah. planned, yeah. but it just becomes um, a kind of a, 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 a out of control situation yeah. that like it's a train wreck yeah. that never crashes. Yeah. So you want to watch it, you're watching, you're watching, waiting for the crash. But Con- controls chaos. Yeah, and, and you end up like, it ended up being good and then you know, the guys from the tower are like, hey, Strider, you know, the judges want you to move out of the area. And then the crowd in the, out in the lineup, just like yelling and screaming it back to the tower. Boo! Like, yeah, <laughs> shut up! You know, like, it was like, yeah. it's crazy this, you yeah. know, the way that yeah. people really enjoy the environment. I got to tell you, man, like. In which I get to, uh, to be in. And, yeah. and it's, it's rad for me. I'm freaking. The evolution so of cool. the WSL from start to finish the production, the quality. WSL fucking kills it. Yeah. Like, and I, what people don't understand is is creating that content in, in places like Tahiti, which if you haven't been there, especially Chopu, yeah, the the road, you're a fucking mile off <laughs> in an outer reef, and yeah. you got elements moving to, and shaking. To bring it to you live it's in, pretty cool. into yeah. your it's living heavy. room or yeah. computer yeah. and do it like is consistently in quality, like it's... I'm fucking psyched. Is I that can't one believe of your it happened in our lifetime. Is that one of your favorite events? Yeah, for sure. Because oh, you're, 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 you know, passionate Especially when wave. it's pumping. Are you going to G-Land? Yeah. Well, actually, none of us are going anywhere until we get a contract. signed up. Yeah. Nobody's signed up for next year. Yeah. But yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm good. <laughs> that's going to be, um, that's going to be uh, a good substitute for like, Fiji and you know some of the other spots that that It'll you know kind sick. of changed hopefully and stuff. Hopefully it's just yeah. It, hopefully it's it cross fingers yeah. for G Land. It'll be sick. Are are you pretty you know I know you work for the WSL but are you pretty happy with like their their um, contest lineup you know? Like, yeah, I mean pretty. It's insane. Pretty pretty diverse truth, like all the conditions. It's all over the joint. Yeah. There's, you know you you've got amazing places with history, you know like 
bells. Like, so a lot so. of the surfers might, like, I don't know, there's just something about it. Like, I was in the lineup out there, and luckily for me, I get to do this kind of crazy stuff, but yeah. you got a break between the semis and the final at six to eight feet, and absolutely you perfect. You got freaking hell's bells coming in over the loudspeakers. You got thousands of people on the bluff, and it's the afternoon, and you're the only guy in the water, and Tony Ray's got a jet ski, and he's just dropping you into freaking perfect, you know, yeah, Dallas ball. Yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff is priceless. It's priceless. So, like that's those perks, moments for perks me. Of the job. I mean, bro, you're the bells dude isn't, that's isn't doing the that. Favorite, the bells isn't the favorite place on tour maybe for some surfers, but yeah. like I had chicken skin and was losing my mind being the a energy, part of history. The history yeah. and everything. Yeah, and like we talking, talking out into the water, watching Mark Ocalupo. Because we had that Aki current yeah, thing. Like yeah. watching Mark come out of the or in like connecting with Mark Ocalupo. Yeah. In the shore break at Bells. Yeah. And thinking about the, his the history yeah. and what's happened there and that moment for me growing up, like, it doesn't get any better. Yeah. yeah. That Billabong video with Kern versus... Let's just sit, dude. <laughs> anyway, so like... I wish the waves were good for that. I think that that whole thing of the lineup that we have is... It fills in a lot of, of history and... And checks off a lot of boxes yeah. all the way through it from a wave system, which is a progressive, like new thing, to that old school, amazing historical event like Bells, you know, to like the travel and expedition of you're going to G Land. Like, oh you God. know, then you've got the south of France and you've got France Portugal, a new yeah. frontier of yeah. all waves. Like, and honestly, if Brazil produces waves like that all the time, then Brazil's absolutely, well, let's just. Brazil is the new superpower of surfing. Yeah. Superpower. Right? And my God. I I that event is incredible. Yeah. What the energy, the people on the beach, dude, the waves were firing, like Sean Sean Ward was on our show. It was incredible. And he was saying, you know, when the Brazilians came onto the scene, they changed the fucking game. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well the Brazilians With, have I mean, been on this in the scene, but they actually got to the point to where they they, they had they have more than one person to like you know now they got a group that are rivaling to everyone. yeah they drove each other to yeah. to greatness but they also like went through this evolution of um i want to say kind of etiquette and like the evolution of their culture like their cultures that's who they are they're radical people yeah. and they 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 you go there, you realize, whoa, this is why they're so gnarly yeah, yeah. in the water. And they, were, they had a bad name for a long time, but it was just a, kind of, a, it was a cultural divide that you, it wasn't their fault. Yeah. It was it was who they were was growing up. It was yeah. this like passionate Scrappy. group of people that were scrapping for anything that they could have, you know? And yeah. then they, they, you know, around the world, they got bad names because there was a lot of them all yeah. over the place, you know? And then there was this... Um, on tour, it was kind of like, you know, I was ugly. Like, some people didn't like their styles. Like, you know, it was all these different surfers, but they were actually kind of getting to yeah, the point. maturing and right? polishing. And so then they, then they, everything became so radical. They're so gnarly. To the point to where it was just undeniably dominant. Yeah. In, in every condition. That, yeah. every that, condition. Uh, Jeffrey's Bay final with so the two goofy footers. Yeah. Both Brazilian and both like, yeah. I mean, you thought for sure that was all time. You thought yeah. for sure Italo. I thought for sure he won the fucking thing, right? Yeah. And then at the very end, yeah, what's that, his face? That, that whole like exchange went down. Holy shit balls! And you I were in the remember, water. I remember being. I surfed like a few days before that, 
I remember riding away through the contest area. It was free surf, and Gabriel snaked me, and then Italo snaked me. So we were both, all three of us were on the wave surfing, right? And I'm hitting the lip, and Gabriel's going around hitting the lip, and then we're, we figure-eighted once, and then I got caught behind, and then they finished off the wave. And then I was just like, all of a sudden I was sitting in the water in the final. You're like, and there's the two guys that snaked me. Yeah, in the final. Battling in the final. And I'm just going, wow, this is pretty cool. It's surreal, <laughs> right? I surfed with those guys the other day on a wave. Now they're in the final together. Yeah. And now freaking this wave is going to get to impossibles. Yeah. And they're not going to make it. Yeah. And guess who's going to ride it? Yeah. Was. So those guys would smash off the end section, finish their wave, and I'd be freaking... On my way down to freaking the bottom of the point, going uh, six hundred yards on a wave. You live a fucking awesome, charmed life so far. At this point, I I am, yeah. It's so, been, so let's talk about some of the best waves of your recollection, because I know you've you've gotten a, you've had to have thousands and thousands of fucking memorable waves. But let's talk about pipeline. Your, do you remember your best wave ever? Was it that? Cover shot or no? My, dude, I don't know. I think my best wave ever, it will never be seen. It's usually the case. Do you remember? <laughs> How long ago was it? I'll or? never forget it. Okay. Tell us about it. I was, uh... We're doing, talking pipe right now, right? No. Nope. Wait, let's talk pipe first. Because I want to I wanna talk about pipe, I want to talk about chopu, and okay. I want to talk about skeleton bay. Yeah. So first up, pipe. Pipeline is that wave that you you know you have to have and devote a lot of time to but like for me how most, big was it my most memorable wave would be the pipe shot okay just because of the, your the first dream cover and everything yeah. you know coming true there but uh gosh it's there's so many ways that I, I know. Honestly, like it's too hard for me to figure out. Yeah, like the best way of a pipeline. And you're an asshole. I mean, right? one of the best ways I've ever had, I didn't make. It was just you broke your eardrum when I broke my eardrum. <clears throat> the way it looked perfect, and then yeah. it just stretched out and said, "No, you know what? You're a little dude. You haven't been here in this position lately. You need to get a little smackdown and a come humble, back, and I'll give a you a humble pie." One. But like that wave was just, just. Looked insane. So you understand, like, and the viewers or the people out there listening, like, to be in the lineup of pipeline is intimidating. Yeah, yeah. To see a wave of pipeline coming at you that big is even more intimidating. And to be sitting there, I was on a seven zero bottom turning. <coughs> I was thinking, okay, I need a bigger board. Second reefers are kind of capping, and uh, I'm like in my little zone. Jamie O'Brien's like, you know, these one of the best if not at pipeline right now he's looking over at me i'm kind of inside and over inside of him like deeper and he's kind of like, what are you what are you doing? he was kidding with me but he's like what are you doing like you're in like no you're, man's land you're like in my zone like you know yeah. like i was like i was like i kind of laughed about it and then the second reef set almost came through and i piled out past him like 20 30 yards because i know i can get in if it chips and this wave came and i saw this guy paddling on second reef and i'm like He's not going to get it. And I turned around and I saw Jamie and he kind of looked at me. <laughs> and I just put my head down and started paddling. And something clicks, you know, 
and, and I don't know why or what, but you just get this I'm fucking going thing. Yeah. And you get into this, and I was in the saddle, and it picked me, it chipped me in, and then just like let me drop over the ledge, like just. And as this is all happening, you're just like in it, and you everything stops. You don't even think about it, but you realize that you're going, you're in a place where you should not almost not be. And the wave looked so perfect. I was like, this is fucking the best wave of my life. And I got to the bottom, and when I came off the bottom, I went to look. It just sucked up all the way down to the corner. Like, oh, that's a and lot I'm of like, distance to cover. Oh, and I just I did one big pump off the bottom, and it was just too far. And I knew it, and so I just flagpoled it, and I stood straight up in it, and I just got a big barrel, and I just saw the groms out, looking at all the kids. Like the there was so many people in the water, you could have walked across them. And I was just looking out in the barrel and like, all these kids were like screaming and psyching and like all my buddies, you know, that because I've been out there for freaking 30 years. <laughs> you, know? you just stood tall, took it on the chin. Yeah. Got, you, got, you, you rolled but through. I the, didn't, the, and I didn't think I was going to break my eardrum. I didn't think. I just fell into the hole where I always fall. 90% of the time you pop out the back. And the hole is where the reverb from the lip opens up the bottom of the yeah, wave. Yeah, basically there's nowhere for the air to go and yeah. it pushes through the bottom and goes up. Out the back. You know, out the I back. never knew of that fucking hole. You never took it off overhead wave, dude. <laughs> but like Jay's talking about, there it is, is a hole. There is a place yeah. where you can like you either go straight through. to the bottom or you yeah. fucking you go and straight out the back. And 90 of the time you're going out the back. Yeah, it's crazy. <clears throat> which wild. is what happened. Yeah. And I came up and I got a quick breath of air, getting sucked up and over. Like you come up, you get popped out with the explosion almost, and then you get sucked back down. But you catch a breath of air. And when I caught the, I was like. Popped me out. I caught the breath of air, and then I got really sick to my stomach. And then I was underwater, and I couldn't find out. So you knew right then that like something was wrong? Something but was it didn't wrong. hurt right away? No, I just couldn't figure out where I was. Whoa. And so I was swimming, and I was just kind of uh, rubbing against the bottom, and I'm going sideways. I'm like, fuck, and I went to push, and I went like, like pushed, and I went sideways, and I wasn't coming up, and then I opened my eyes, and I was spinning, and I was like, Holy shit. Fuck. Like, so then I just like started floating. And I finally surfaced and there was another 10 footer on the head. And I opened my eyes and I saw the lip coming, but the lip was coming sideways. Like it was off. The horizon line was tilted. And I was like, yeah, I definitely broke my eardrum in the middle of this. And I just kind of turned my head and just got, you know, annihilated again. And then I finally, after three waves, like, found my board and was laying on the back of it and the white water came I remember it looked like it came and pushed me and I rode in on my belly and I just beached it and then freaking the lifeguards were right there like, hey what's up dude you alright I'm like I think I broke my eardrum and they were, by this time I like water had drained out of it I went to the doctor couldn't see in there and then a couple of days later I went back and he I torn it in half crazy and I was so and tell what, us and what they did is let it mend itself like, yeah you can't, can't do anything really do I, it's like cartilage I just remember talking to Jerry Lopez about life and healing and he just said that the prana breath is the key to one life and prana that's breath basically oxygenating your yeah. blood so that it can heal things inside of your do system do you do a lot of yoga or I do it yeah when I'm home I go as much as possible yeah to hot yoga and you, do you you train with Wim Hof before too no, I've never been that into um, a lot of that breath. But I mean, the breath is the key to life, which a lot of people don't really think about. But in life, we don't slow ourselves down enough to actually take a real breath. 
Yeah. And if you deep breathe in like through your nose and out your nose in prana breath where you, you get the fire going in the back of your throat and you start to breathe two places where you need it, like if you have a bad leg or an ankle or something's tight, I actually like in a week my ear healed, which yeah. is unheard of. Hmm. But because I was, of the breathing? Because of the breathing. Yeah, breathing's uh, super important. Yeah. Yeah, and lots of water. And a lot of people, we get really stressed out in life. And you take short breaths, and you're not giving your body enough oxygen to oxygenate your blood cells to actually let your blood be healthy and be going through your body. And then the yoga stops and contracts and then blows the blood through yeah. those areas, which will take all of the anything cultivating in your system, any disease or sickness. Yeah. And it, it'll cycle it through and get rid of it. Yeah. But I do a lot of yoga, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Breathing and, and lots of water, same thing. Like you put so much toxins in your body from, you know, food you don't think yeah. is bad for you or, or just drinks. But, yeah. you know, drinking a ton of water is yeah. like crucial to yeah. balance. Um, Cleansing. Talk to us about Chopu. Like how. I, I've been out there. And it's gnarly. <laughs> yeah. I want the strider. Late night's been out there. He it, knows what it it's is. It's gnarly. I, I don't think I ever need to go out there, to no. tell you the truth. Code red swell. Come on, let's hear that one. Strider? Sorry, I had to... I was supposed to meet somebody. No worries. Yeah. Code I, red? Code swell? red. Have you been out there? I was out there. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. It's, that's... <laughs> it's... 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 If you, if you haven't been there, I think so you need to go story. send the channel. On Code red. Yeah. I get a phone call from Ray Mana. Hey, dude, I need you to come drive for me. I'm all, okay, why, what? It's gonna be big, I don't know why, but I need you here. Fly over there, fucking. How long ago was this? This is whatever Code Red was, 2013, 14, like five years ago? Yeah, and I'm like, I'm in the line, I'm out, I go out in the morning early with him on the jet ski, just to go check it out. Was, sorry, was this the one where Nathan? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's well. Yeah. Okay. And I go out in the morning early with him on the jet ski, and uh, we get there, and it's fucking huge, and it's sucking dry off the reef, and it's freaking so gnarly looking. Were you it was, amped? It was me, <laughs> Martin Potter, and... I'm getting, like, tingles So it was me and Martin Potter, and Raymana went out with... <clears throat> His, his driver to check it. Because the, the contest was there, right? Wasn't, wasn't the CT and they put it on hold because of that I swell. think they might, yeah. And a I bunch of guys so. flew in. Yeah. yeah. Including you. And then a bunch of the other crazies. I can't remember exactly. Maybe this was a different swell. Maybe it was early in the morning. There was a couple big ones, but I it just might have remember. been during the contest because yeah, Potts was there, so it would have been during the contest. Yeah. it was early in the morning, and I freaking am in the lineup with Potts on the jet ski, and Raymond is out there with his driver, and his driver, um, his his legs don't work, right? Huh. What? He has paralyzed. His, yeah, but he 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 drives the ski really well. He drives, you know, wow. So Raymond gets towed into this wave, dude, and freaking, it's trying to eat him alive. I mean, it's so freaking gnarly. The wave is trying to eat him alive, and then freaking, 
he's like in this big gnarly freaking 40 foot barrel and then he all of a sudden I'm like the thing goes and it's starting to close out on the inside and I like see a silhouette at the top of the wave and I think he makes it out of the wave but he doesn't sucks him over <laughs> sucks him over and he gets body slammed onto the bottom onto the reef in the closeout section which is, oh. like the, which is right, the scariest place yeah. you, you, ever, you don't yeah. want to go there right no and I look over and I I see his driver and he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and he real you know he's like okay I'm gonna go in there I'm gonna go in there you, got, you always wait for for a visual of where the guy is yeah because if you fly in there looking for him, you could run him over and kill him. Yeah, yeah. Hit him in the head. Or, yeah. And this, at this point, it's early in the morning. The sun is actually rising. And so it's really hard to see through the sun rays and into the inside. Anyway, he goes in to go get him. He sinks in a hole. Shut the fuck up. Flips over off the ski. With no working legs. Right. So he's separated from his ski. So then I'm sitting there, and I go, Potts, get off. And Potts is like, what? And I'm like, get off the ski. I got to go get Raymana. And he goes, I'm not getting off the ski. (laughs) You know, we're sitting there. It's fucking 100 foot, and he's not wanting it. Anyway, I basically, I get him off the jet ski with a freaking elbow. I'm like, dude, you got to get off, man. I got to go help. Yeah, there's board, right? No. 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 He's got a life vest on. So he gets picked up by a boat in the channel. I go in, I hit a hole. The, the waves are so big that the foam holes ate the ski. So I'm underwater oh on the jet ski, but I was able to stabilize, like kind of figure out where I was. And I freaking was just pinning it. And it finally hooked up and I flew up out of the water. Like literally, I, I disappeared and I came up out of the water. And then, so much turbulence. And so then there's another wave coming. And then I see Raymana face down. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So then I freaking, I go, I get him, I grab him, I pull him up onto the, you, you, you have your, your hand on the throttle. Yeah. And then you grab the person and then you, you kind of gun it and that pulls their body back. But that momentum swing, when, you're, when you're holding on to their, their body, will pull their body back behind you. And if you're driving away and you it, the, the momentum of them swinging will give them the momentum around like a clock and, and pull them up onto the back. Yeah. And so I one-armed that and drove out of there. Oh, my God. And was on in the, the nick of time. In the nick of time. Got to the, the lagoon, stopped, checked on him. And he was rolled unconscious? Him, rolled him over. And he was just basically, his eyes were rolled back. He was foaming at the mouth. And then like, base, you know. Gave him the fucking bango on the back, and he's spitting water, and he's fucked up, and he, it was really, really. Wow. Bad. You don't want to fuck with him too much because you don't know what happened. Yeah. You know, he's not really talking. Or... He's not really talking, and I kind of got him to the place where he was just fetal position on the back of the jet ski. <laughs> and I looked over, and I see the other ski floating. Oh shit! With the guy that's paralyzed. And the guy who's paralyzed. Basically, almost on dry reef and a fucking 10-footer's coming. And I'm like, so I take the ski, I drive it over to the dry reef, basically. I don't turn it off. I just let it idle into the dry reef, get off, run across the reef, grab, flip the jet ski over. It's beached on the reef. It's beached on the reef. Fuck. He's like crawling up the reef, dude. 
Oh my god! I fucking I get him to like he's like I'm good. I'm because he was far enough in on the dry reef. I flip his ski over, and with the skis, if you don't get them started and blow them out, and the intake and all this water that's inside of it, it's water. It'll seize and die. Yeah. So I just what what like what did a bunch of donuts and made sure that the ski was okay because he was okay. Put him on the ski right. Then I got him onto the ski. Got him into driving position, like I lifted his body up because he's, you know, cr- yeah. he's using his arms too. Yeah. But fucking, you can think about the scene. Oh, dude! But you he's just okay. saved one guy. He's conscious. Another he's guy. okay. And then I freaking go back. I jump in the water and get Ramana, and I freaking take him into the doctor, who was you know on the inside. And how and all that happens, all in in there's no, literally nobody out there. Nobody's out there yeah. yet. This is eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's not even eight o'clock in the morning yet. Yeah. And I'm fucking. I have just gone through. Yeah, you just yeah. Li- traumatic, yeah. the craziest yeah. traumatic thing. And I was just like, and what? What's crazy is in the beginning, you go, you hey, said, I need you, you there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Like you were the guy. And then for whatever reason, he. And had then a, I end up freaking going back to the house, traumatized, fucking. Telling the guys what happened, and the guys were loading up to go surf. <laughs> yeah, well, I think like Nathan and Bruce and all, you those, know, guys. all those guys like ended up getting a couple. And well, yeah. Nathan's will go down to history. Yeah, Nathan's wave was dude yeah. was so when Bruce's shorts got blown off on oh that day. God. And then God, who else? I, I don't know. There was a few waves that, but Nathan's was. I mean, he just pretty much like that was just the heaviest thing ever. Yeah. Craziest waves. And then I ended up, Makua Rothman was like, oh, Makua. let's go get some. And I was like, he's like, think about it. This could be the last time you do this. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> Fucking jumped in the water. He towed me into a couple waves, like, that I, smaller ones that were pretty nuts still. And then he got me a freaking monster that just ate me alive. And it was just insane. I came up. And I was so tweaked. And if you've ever been there, there's this yellow buoy that's on the inside of where you sit. And the buoy was getting barreled. And I was like, I came up like inside of the buoy and I just see these waves coming. And Makua's like standing up on top of the jet ski looking down at me as this wave's coming and closing out in front of me and I'm gonna swim under it. And he's just doing like this with his hands, just telling me to calm down. Because you could see when I came up, my eyes were giant. Yeah. And I swam through it, and I came up, and he came and got me. <laughs> and then, like, it was just one of those just epic moments. Fuck of that. Life, you know? <laughs> and the buoys were you flying guys by you, and the, and the crazy. Lineup, and, like, the whole thing, and fucking... Explain to our listeners <laughs> the, the turbulence in the water and how many somersaults you're doing, and your arms getting yanked off, and your legs getting yanked off, and the... Whiplash you're getting in the neck. And well, remember the Malik swell, the one that Malik got? Yeah. So that was when I almost died. That How was, many times have you almost died, though? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> I almost died a lot. But that was one time when I thought, okay, <clears throat> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna survive. And we were out in the water. We got a couple of waves. It came up really fast all morning, and. Manoa Drolet. I was doing something and he came by on the skis like, will you drive? And I'm like, yeah, I can drive. And we get out there and he's like, 
you want to catch a couple waves? And I'm like, (laughs) 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 but I had a tow board. Yeah. I had all my shit. I was like, yeah. So I get a couple waves and I was on a Timmy Patterson tow board and I was like, wow, that was insane. The energy, the feeling. I'm sitting out the back and uh, I came over a wave and I wasn't even looking. I didn't even see the wave. I just heard the jet ski start and to whip you in. Let's go, let's go. And I was like, get up out of the water and stand up. And the wave, the wall of the wave was so big and so black and went all the way through the channel at Chopu. And I was like, oh my God. How big was it? He was like, you know, across the top of it. And how big was it? It was uh, at the peak of the wave, it was probably 40 foot face. And I was like, okay, looking at it. And I was like, I'd let go of the rope. And he didn't know I did. And when he looked back, he's like, oh. And I was gone into the, I went over the freaking, down into it. And then the wave just freaking tripled up and closed out. Wow. No out. No out. You just hold your line in the tube and wish the best? I, I mean, you can't do anything else. There was nowhere to go. So I just decided to like. Is there an eject? Is there is there a spot to in your mind where to eject, or you just let it bunk you? Well, bunk when you? I let go of the rope, when it's that big, you're committed. Of course. And I was in the kind of in the bowl of it, and I wasn't as deep as I thought I was going to be. Well, I wasn't that deep. Yeah. To tell you the truth. Because, the, but the wave was so big that it wrapped around the reef and sucked around the, the inside bowl has a high spot and it sucked around the reef so hard that you could see in the photos the, the water sucking off the back of the reef and into the trough and turning inside out. And <laughs> by the time I was in the position of knowing that it was going to close out, I, there was no getting out of it. And I was facing the beach. So like I'm looking at the beach basically. Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, okay, I can't even go straight. There's I'm already going straight towards the beach. Yeah. And the wave closed out. The right was coming at me. The waves coming from behind me. And I went straight as long as I could. And my theory was just to go until you can't go. And I ended up running into the foam ball. And it was like running straight into that wall. <laughs> I got knocked out. Boom. Boom. The bell rung and knocked out. Came to underwater. I had a big white flash. Came to underwater looking sideways and it was black above me and dark green like water with like a the reef and little knobs of the reef kind of sticking up and they would just like you'd go by and you were going like 50 miles an hour underwater and you would just start losing I was just losing parts of me, you know, like I was just, chunks of me were just getting ripped off. Like my, from the my, reef, from the reef, my shorts got ripped big hole. In my shorts, my fucking dick had a big <laughs> scratch on it. Like my knuckles, all of my shins, my, my knee, my knees, my elbows, everything. I had my hands over my head and you're uh, just getting graded on the reef. I was the California cheese on the cheese. Plate. <laughs> and then I fucking ended up, on dry reef and then I couldn't see when you're underwater a long time you 
you know, you, uh, you start to lose your senses. And I couldn't see, but I could hear. And I remember like on being on dry reef, kind of laid out pretty much almost dead. And I remember hearing this and I just took a freaking huge double up on dry reef on the back. <laughs> and I just got they push you up and over there exploded. And then I was like bouncing off the reef and I just heard another and I thought it was another wave and it was the water pouring off the reef into the lagoon. Because so you're the right suction there. of the swell was so big that, that literally water was draining off the lagoon and I was inside by the green buoy marker, you know, the pole. That's how far in I went. And then I freaking literally rolled off, boom, hit dry reef again on the waterfall and then I was like pinging in between the dry reef pieces. Holy and shit. I couldn't really see. I was Anybody just, coming to get you? Like, well, to happen they so thought fast. I died. Like, Brucey and everybody thought I was dead. Because they couldn't see me. Nobody could find me. And then uh, Manoa found me, came in, inside of the reef with the jet ski. And it got me on the back of the ski and just, like, jokingly said, Oh, you want another one? <laughs> and he was just fucking with me and he got me to the beach. But that's probably the best way to kind of yeah. break, break, the, break the ice. Like... You're alive, haha, you know, like. Yeah, and then I got to the beach and I remember walking up the beach. And You're like, ow, my home body hurts. Uh, I was there with Chris Van Lennon and we were doing a Quicksilver photo shoot and I was walking. I got to the beach and he took off, Manoa did, and uh, I'm walking up. We were staying right there on the beach and he came running out with his camera, like, to shoot this photo of me in this historic moment. And he got to me and I don't know if he ever took any photos or not, but like, my whole body, wherever skin was showing, the cuts were all white, you know, the fatty tissue. Yeah, yeah. They hadn't released yet. And as I was walking up to them, they released. And yeah, I once you got out of the water, bleeding out. they got I oxygen. bleeding everywhere. And like, almost fainted. Yeah. And then I got up into the yard and I was so fucked up that like, I was like, couldn't really talk. And then um, I started cutting up limes. Ugh. And the shock of all of the lime in my system made me throw up and like I was just laid Over. they oh. laid me down and I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't move part of my body it was fucking so heavy you got in a fucking Dude. car accident it was worse than a car accident I was scarred I didn't go back for a while yeah but you have <laughs> and I went back time heals I forgot yeah. about that it's like those sleepless nights your kid. I'm never having a kid again man I can't believe I didn't sleep for like six months and then I got to like, oh, code, another one. code red swap <laughs> you know oh my gosh so t- tell us about Skeleton Bay is that wave I'd rather not yeah <laughs> just it's there it's a horrible place yeah. it's a horrible place it's not <laughs> it's not beautiful and uh, you should not. It's just you know. Yeah, it's definitely way too hard to get to the wave. Yeah, yeah. Hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> just we'll just. It's the best wave in the world. Yeah. When it's on, but it only breaks. I heard like every couple of years. It's not very consistent, but yeah. yeah. Um, a couple of questions we ask everybody is like, obviously you've surfed the wave pool. Yeah, right? he has. The wave pool. There's lots of them now. Well, the wave pool. <laughs> Kelly's pool. Yeah. <laughs> I love that wave. Yeah. It's amazing, right? Yeah. And it's so sick. Fuck. <laughs> it is, right? It's like 
a perfect fucking it turns you every into single like, time. It turns you into like this like demon though. Yeah, because you want every wave you can to get fall. there. You want everyone well, to we're fall. perfectionists, and then you ride it, and you're like, well, I, w- I, didn't, I didn't ride it perfect. I got I to go do it again. And, and then, I had been lucky enough to have the opportunity to ride a lot of waves there. Um, you know, circumstances have put me in it, and like friends of mine have rented the pool and invited me. Uh, during the contest, the commissioner let everybody have five extra. There was like ten extra waves less, but that meant all the rights couldn't be surfed, and I was like, talked them into letting me surf it. So I ended up surfing, the, getting doing that thing where I broadcasted live from the barrel. And yeah, did that, that whole epic. like thing. But it was just like a circumstance where I put myself again. I was the water guy, and I talked my way into letting them do that for me. And I asked Kieran, who was the commissioner, and he said yes. While I was on the my headset, and my microphone, asking my producer, who said no. And then they had to call management, and they had to clear it. And then by then there was four waves left or five waves left, and they're like, "Okay, we can go surf." And it was like, but like, honestly, that wave is ridiculous. The sickest wave. It's so fun, so rippable. And then there's a sick barrel. Have you surfed uh, Texas yet? I haven't either. Larson surfed it. It's fun. But it's like it's like surfing a point break versus like fifty fourth street. On yeah, the, you know it's a different. You it's know, a different type it's a different of wave. Type and of the power of the wave at, at um, the Slater Slater Wave Company is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, a, that wave is just it's bananas. I remember having so much fun. We were, I was up there for Kelly's birthday the day after, and he was doing this shoot, and they were like filming, and the guys were out. Kalani Rob was out, and Benji, and I remember. <laughs> not getting out of the water just surfing the whole time and then finally Kelly like told the water patrol guy to come and get me out of the water <laughs> like dude you gotta get out of the water bro you, you've been out there for way too long so awesome um you do any foiling or I've tried foiling yeah I'm not good at it yeah but I'm getting better we haven't I haven't I've tried it yet. it's hard yeah it's hard I don't really yeah, need to honestly well when we're in Southern California, you know, the waves are lackluster. It's not that cold. We're working, fam. You know, you get pulled a million so directions. Much, but yeah. if you're on a trip and, yeah. you when, know, if you have time, and you have time to, to do it, it's a pretty cool novelty thing to do. But yeah. it's also, you got to have the right learning equipment. curve is hard. Yeah. Are you in, does, does Malibu have a, or a West Coast board riders team yet? They're putting a team together. I don't know. Are they? Yeah. They should. Yeah. I think you should be part of it, bro. Yeah. I Why think not? I think Sarlo was trying to put a team together. Yeah, you're familiar with West Coast Board yeah. Riders, right? Yeah. yeah, you know we're the official podcast of the of the West Coast Board Riders. West Coast Board Riders. Yeah, okay. no big thing. Yeah, yeah, we're we're moving on. We're up. moving on up. No, but it's just cool because it brings <laughs> in like you know the community and and in you know just like us, we always look up to our older generation, our older peers within you know yeah our the community community yeah. and. You know, you get with them, and then you got the youth that are kind of looking up, and yeah. you could help them out. It just it it brings back my memories of when Quicksilver used to run those like workouts at like Fifty Fourth, and you know, to be like, hey, this is our team day. You yeah. know, even though that was like kind of a, kind of a smaller, that was fun. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You bring these like large scale cool. like teams together, and it's 
building relationships within all the surf communities yeah. where it's not so divided anymore. Yeah. Surf yeah. shops are involved and, and yeah. different companies are sponsoring each team. But yeah, I mean, you, how much do you enjoy going up to Santa Cruz or down to San Diego and, and meeting up with no, like, yeah. like Cruz? Just like they used to be. Yeah. And now you're going and I'm seeing all of my, my friends. Have you that so you guys these, have been doing that. Yeah. yeah. It's cool, man. I see it's all the boys and I'm yeah, like, and then they have families and kids and you're just yeah. like, you just get stoked to see everybody hasn't changed, yeah. you know, and you're like, fuck, you're still ripping. Can't change you the spots family. on a leopard, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I know, we know that you're, not to get too personal, but your house burnt down. Yep. And you guys are on the rebuild. We started to rebuild the house, uh, the lower house. So we lost two houses and our lower house is starting to get rebuilt. We're in the process now. Nice. Basically about to close up the walls and yeah, get I, that thing ready and we're permits are crazy where trying to get permits for the other. Yeah. yeah. Crazy where we live, it's like paradise, but then yeah. it can be hell. Yeah. Yeah. When that fire ripped through there, dude, it was like hell. My my wife I mean, I I can't even imagine what you went through, you know, like that was to be able to because you built the house yourselves, yeah. right? Yeah. And the pride of ownership and the hard all that, part was just losing know, all the stuff, right? Knowing that you were when we got in the car, I waited a long time. Yeah. And when I got in the car with my family and it just became a safety thing, like get your family out before something bad happens. Yeah. And um, we actually tried to drive north to get away through that way to go to the ranch. And we Shut couldn't right get down. through because yeah. of the fire. It was coming across the highway and it was you could feel it yeah. against the glass. It was so hot in the car. And I just turned around and I remember driving back through and just seeing the the fire coming down my towards my house and I just knew you know it's gone it's gonna be over yeah. you know and then my house was next to PCH so it was on the news all night Damn. all day the next day like it was on just repeat yeah. so I got a lot of reminders from, yeah. is that your house bro? yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was pretty heavy but now to tell you the truth, in the end, knowing that um, when you, you know, it was pretty tough because it was my whole life of the dreams, putting, building something. Yeah. Like you, you, you put a lot of emphasis and a lot Your of home. pride and a lot of uh, worth on a, a emotional connection. And, but it's also a material uh, success thing like you like a home yeah, yeah. the American dream is to own a home yeah and so to actually to build one to own it <clears throat> and then watch it just get scraped off the earth literally like nothing there yeah um, you realize that it's just a home yeah it's a material thing that you can bring back and like to the in the end like sitting there with my family and my kids and it made us a better unit yeah made my wife and I's relationship better and my relationship with my kids better yeah and so to have something traumatic like that but to have that as the importance in life now yeah through it is way was way more important than to have uh, the value of 
life in a material thing. Yeah, and there are not all stories are like that because there's there's families out there that have been torn apart yeah. and haven't yeah, haven't true. survived. Yeah. You know, yeah. which is crazy. And my I mean, my wife's parents lived out there for 20 years, and they've been out of the, you know. Oh, this fire and it zips around, and misses the house. You know, this fire. Oh, they said it was going to be bad, not. And this one, they just fucking came like that, and they, yeah, burnt to the ground. Everything, yeah. you know. And it's just like, woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, like that's kind of what your first response is. Man, I should have, should have grabbed this, or I should have done that. And but at the end of the day, like you said, you're, it's you're. That'll eat everybody alive. got out alive. That. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's just a rebuilding, and it sucks. You know, but yeah, and there's a lot of. You know, the, I live next door to the fire station. Yeah. Literally. Jeez. But, and in the end, it was just a really... Did that go up too? No. The fire station? No. Fire it was station just a really saved? mismanaged uh, fire. Uh, yeah. And the person, the fire chief in, involved was, didn't know the territory well enough. And the fire got in front of him and he just never recovered. Yeah. Well, that and all the resources going to Pepperdine. And the stuff that was going also... The, uh, the others, other fire fires, up north, the parrot, yeah. whatever that you know. Yeah, the, uh, there's just, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that happened. Yeah, <clears throat> in in reality, it was just horribly managed. Yeah, yeah. And the but drops, the speed of the, the fires were too. too late. Yeah, where they they just they did a bad job. Yeah, and we paid for it. Yeah, so you. But you guys are positive, and you're on the rebuild, and like yeah. you said, it brought. Brought your family closer together, it's, which is it's, amazing. It's a good thing to have, you know, see, so you got, fuck. you know, <laughs> I've been beat up before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just, it's the other side, how you come out of it. Yeah. And you just can't, you can't, I, I could let a million things get me down. Yeah. I, I see a hundred times a day, it's shit that I could just be dwell on, sit there and freaking never come out of, but then what's life going to be? Yeah. You can't just sit there and think about the bad things in life. You can, I mean, they call me Teflon at work because shit happens all day behind the curtain. Yeah. But I don't let it affect me. Yeah. Teflon. It's in everybody's system. (laughs) Is it? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. It's very bad. Not for you. It makes you resilient and tough. Yeah. But when Teflon came out, it's a whole other story. I won't get into it. I just try to let it roll off, you know, because... I don't hold on to things. I have a very simple way of dealing with things, and that's to, to without denial, confront and, and accept what happens. Yeah. And get through it. Because if you hold on to it it's not, and talk about it, whatever you got to do to get rid of it. Just, hey, it's like this Spicoli said, it, it, all right? comes back to, it all comes back to breathing. In yeah. with the good... Out with the you bad. Get rid no, of it. It's Spicoli. He's like, hey, bud, hey. let's party. <laughs> <laughs> and you get to party. the other side of it, you're, yeah. you know, but you have to honestly get through it. Do you, do you, uh, yeah. do you fantasy surf? No. You don't fantasy surf or play? No. Too, too close to the action? It's bizarre, but I just, I don't play the games. Yeah. I just never have. I just never. We have a good group of. Like, there's a lot of people that do it, and there's just so much going on. They're like, and I'm really bad at it. Yeah. Like I did it once, and I was like, oh, I suck. I want to pick the guys yeah, I want to see win. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I want this. I'm guy not doing win. it by the stats and the numbers. I'm doing it by like, I like this I'm guy. Like, oh, he rips. Fuck. Yeah, I keep picking Kelly. <laughs> Me too. Love you, Kelly. But yeah, one in the van already, bro. It's 
Good. Well, I hope he's still doing it, right? He's doing it. He already said he's doing it next yeah, year. Yeah. 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 G Land. Yeah. Come on. More if we could just get him into the Olympics, I think he might retire. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Now another four I years. I don't think he needs to retire, he's do right? A campaign. He's got another four years or next I Olympics? think he needs to just. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what, <laughs> I don't care if he retires. I mean, what about the Olympics? Is, is I mean, that's pretty big for the sport, and we're pretty excited to see how that unravels. I'm it's excited cool. for it. I think it's going to be a, a cool. Uh, it's a, it's great that it's in the Olympics at the platform where it's going to be. I, I have question marks around that for sure. So, where, are there going to be waves? Is it going to be one foot? You know, is this what the world's going to see as far as surfing for the first time? It, it makes you feel like, oh gosh, this, this is kind of a missed opportunity. Yeah, like yeah. if it could have been in a wave system where you were going to get waves for sure, or if it was out of a venue where they had a holding period, but it's the Olympics. Yeah. At two o'clock on freaking Thursday, they're going to have heat one. Yeah, your time Japan, slot on TV, you know what which I mean? is the money maker. Like, so you really got to like... In Japan where it's, it's really it's, spotty. There's a question mark around it. Yeah. I, the, the concept and theory and, and um, inclusiveness of the world and it being on that platform, I think is awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I know Fernando has been working his ass off to make it happen. And yeah. The dream is coming true. <clears throat> 2024, yeah. it's going to be at Chopu. That's crazy. So, which is awesome. So I'm going to try and make the Polish team <laughs> at 52 at Chopu. Nice. <laughs> uh, I bet you're probably the best Polish surfer out there. Yeah, and I'd like to uh, call this one. Yeah. 2020, hopefully uh, I get the call up. So so is WSL going to be involved with the Olympics at all? At least They're the not. NBC is the one who um, is going to. Yeah, NBC has, NBC oh. has their broadcast. Yeah. But do they have a broadcast team? I have no idea. Yeah. But well, I they, I'm on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think that, you know, usually the Olympics do a really good job of, of diving into the journey of each athlete and their history and stuff and, you know, highlight reels and stuff. So I think the way they package, like, the athlete individually will, you know, hopefully out not outshadow the, the actual surfing performance because, you know, obviously yeah. it comes down to wave quality. But I think there'll be a lot of... Good content just surrounding sure. surfing and getting that buzz. But it's buzz. coming up, so they would have to start promoting, getting that content, right? Yeah, yeah you would think. But so. it's also an X factor. Yeah. So they don't know whether it's going to be like fun to watch or not, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I think you're right. The, the building of the athlete behind it and who they are, where yeah. they're from, like creating and humanizing each guy. Which will hopefully bring in like kind of a, that, you know, Broader audience. Broad, yeah, that broader audience and just, you know, like, oh, tune in, like, you know, might not create, you know, buzz in certain areas, but yeah. it might create buzz out elsewhere. We'll yeah. see. It's going to be fun. It'll be fun to watch, but there's just so many... Um, X factors. There's just so many things that have to be worked on. Yeah. yeah. And more wave pools popping up. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, and now, when is Kalani's going to be done? I don't know. Across. I saw some men. I saw, I saw him sitting at the bottom of the pool, like... Few weeks ago, on some post. Have you talked to Kalani about his pool, or I don't even know where where it is. Where's his pool? It's going to be in Palm Springs. Oh, that one. Yeah, there's there's two, two I guess. Yeah, in Palm Springs. Yeah, I think. And it's then cool. I heard there's one. That's I don't have to fly to Texas Beach. to go surf a pool. I know. I don't know. You never know. I think it's you know. Dude, we're over two hours. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we know you're. Busy I was just going to say I was going to freaking. You're frazzling. I up. haven't even like. Being able to dive into things really with you guys. Yeah, this is awesome. I, well, this is part one of many. Because there's just yeah. so many. We just, we just grazed the when surface you make, of a lot of it, I think. Yeah. yeah. But 
It's good. I mean, it gives... But we talked about some really cool shit. Yeah, definitely. Um, what's... Uh, in, in the re- in the next recent future, <laughs> what's uh, Strider Wazalewski... The next recent yeah, I just... Oh, okay. <laughs> Recently in the future. <laughs> uh, past, present... In the near uh, future? What, what's up for... I'm going to be snowboarding a lot. I love powder. Yes. So I'm going to go on a trip with... uh, I snowboard. This guy does. I'm going with um, McKnight, Robbie, and his dad, and Titus, and Muggs, and all the boys. We're going to go uh, on a cat trip. And then I'm going to... Before that, though, I'm going to stop... Muggs McGinnis? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to stop in... uh, Sick. BC. I'm going to go helleboarding up there, I think. Sick. With a a friend of mine up there, and then um, then go over to Spokane and do the cat trip and... um, in between there, go to Hawaii and surf some pipe and yeah. get some waves. And uh, you're hang out off season. A lot of family time right now, which has been really good. Yeah. And just kind of navigating the um, dad waters, which is ever challenging. And uh, a lot of big things happening with my sunscreen company right now, Shade, yeah, which man. is really exciting for me. And come, you know, 2021, we'll be. A, basically a relaunch of everything that I'm doing now behind the scenes which is going to be amazing um, and then hopefully heading off around the world to do the WSL in water commentating yeah awesome and uh, bring to you surfing like nobody else can I guess yeah well listeners yeah get your sunscreen at <laughs> shadesunscreen.com or your local surf shop and, or your local uh, surf shop and uh, hopefully commentating the olympics that'd be dude that'd be insane which is pretty much what i want to do too yeah yeah and uh yeah we'll put your head down keep freaking doing what you're doing yeah that's all you could do yeah and let fate you know work its course based on putting yourself in the in the pit luck is preparation and opportunity combined yeah dude yeah this has been amazing uh strider your your body of work I mean, coming from the streets of Santa Monica, fucking Dogtown, hustler, maneuvering through life. It's funny, you know? one of my friends, he's like Matt uh, McConaughey. You know the actor guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a good friend, and he's like, <clears throat> he we were talking about life, and he and I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna freaking keep doing it. And he's like, doing it. You're just you're a fucking hustler. Yeah. No matter what, and I've never seen you. Down and out because yeah. you just hustle and get through it. I mean, you fucking lost your mom to cancer. They got fired from Quicksilver. I freaking have, you know, been through freaking the house burning down. And you just have to hustle to make it back to square one where you're breathing. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just going to keep hustling. Yeah. That's what life's like about. Late night said, the hustle is real. <laughs> yeah, it's real. Let's do this. Yeah. I mean, thank you for gracing us with. Uh, this conversation because yeah. you know a lot of our uh, of course our shows about surf and we get a lot of hardcore young and old surfers listening to us and Strider I mean you're the face of the WSL as far as we're concerned yeah and um, thanks guys it, it, it's insane that <laughs> and we like all the commentators but I mean <laughs> yeah when but you're our favorite and mm-hmm. like you said there you got the Trapel and, and, and Ronnie that, that do the stats and you got the surfers whether it's you Peter Mel, Kaipo, and the guys that actually, Pots, of course, yeah, have a legitimate background, and and I mean, for us, we feel like 
it's authentic when you got somebody that knows what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. And everybody on there does a great job. But, yeah. you know, it's just good perspective. Like your guys' balance of the stats, filling dead time, which is key to keeping people entertained to just the live raw, like, yeah. hey, shit's happening. Yeah. And, it's, and it's cool to hear your story because like I was saying before, you know, you're, you came from the rugged streets of Santa Monica and sure, you know, you, you partied and stuff, but you didn't, and you didn't go to uh, college, but you didn't let that deter you from achieving a fucking high profile, profile, amazing career at Quicksilver, right? And then parlaying your worth of being you, right? There's only one raspberry out there. <laughs> Marketing, bro. And you're still doing it, man. Yeah. And like your good friend Matt McConaughey said, you're a fucking hustler. And, and, uh, we're stoked to be able to share that story with our yeah. with our. Uh, Tell that audience. guy to rent out the pool and invite us. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, come on, bro. <laughs> I'm still waiting to get there. It's pretty cheap too. Yeah, <laughs> it's only like 50k, right? Something. 70 in the high season. Yeah, and if you depending on what kind of luncheon. Anybody out want. there, if you guys do rent it out, and you need somebody like me to uh, commentate yeah. from the ski. Same here. Yeah, I'll just pick up the scraps. Yeah. I can wax people's boards. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just the best beer drinking buddy you could yeah. have sitting in the jacuzzi, hanging out. Uh, well, thanks, you guys. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Strider. No, hey, this has been best, fucking awesome. Best of luck, 2020, buddy. Yeah, it's going to be a good year. Okay. Peace. Good year thanks, of, guys. Year of, uh, year of the was. Of sight. 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Clear year vision. Sight. Okay. Peace. Peace. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.